What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Meeting Up Podcast. I am Ace. This is RB3. And this is the podcast where we talk about your favorite directors and the deeper meaning behind their movies. This episode, we're talking about the greatest film franchise of all time, Star Wars, guys. We're going to be talking about what was the creation behind Star Wars with the mind of George Lucas, the OG trilogy, and the prequel trilogy. Maybe a little bit of the new trilogy, but we're going to focus mainly on those two. It depends what RB3 has to say because he's got hot takes. Yeah, man. He's got hot thoughts. Hot thoughts, hot thoughts out here because we're burning hot. Sunny day in Southern California, man. Right, right. T-H-O-T as well, because we got thoughts. Oh, we actually don't got thoughts. (laughs) 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 Or girls, or crushes. Tony Wagner. (laughs) I just keep calling him out. He's probably going to comment. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm not even reading the comments this episode, because I'm such a rebel. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Yeah, it's, it's getting controversial. You sure it's not because we shot this? <laughs> 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 no, it's because I'm mad at one person in the comment section. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We actually really do love you guys. We appreciate the comments that you guys send us. Please send us comments. Please, I mean, if you guys are iTunes listeners as well, we appreciate you sending us comments. I think that's a great way to communicate what you feel about each episode or what directors you want to hear about next. We try to do timely directors as much as we can, but we also want to talk about um freaking classics the classics but also miyazaki we want to talk about miyazaki as well so we see you obviously yeah we want to do we want to do uh we want to build our range up you know yeah. I mean, there's there's a the, lot the ridley scott episode is gonna be fire bro we're gonna have rotating guests with the ridley scott episode no i'm kidding yeah, we're right. probably not gonna have rotating guests yeah, we'd, we'd have to do a two-part if we do a ridley scott 100 100 percent. that was a thick if anything like an alien franchise type shit because i love alien franchise bro yeah that was yeah. slick when we did it with the nolan like the batman ones yeah and the, the that's what we're doing today with hey, the, the star wars franchise lucas um let's get into it guys because uh uh, we have lots to talk about with when it comes to this franchise and how we're going to talk a little bit about how different outside factors have affected it as well because I feel like especially nowadays with the Star Wars fandom and with the disappointing numbers that we saw from Han Solo last week um, it's pretty interesting to see interesting is a strong word it's pretty disappointing to see <laughs> <laughs> such discord within the star wars community because i felt like it was a cool community but there's been so many different ups and downs when it comes to different movies yeah, whether, Last Jedi, whether Solo. yeah but not just that but also uh, the prequels, prequels yeah, yeah and how like the, the 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 thoughts coming out of the prequels initially were like mm-hmm. this is cool and then it was like after prequels these are dumb mm-hmm. um and now it's you know after the new trilogy. After the new trilogy. Yeah. After the old trilogy. F this, F that. I feel like, what happened, man? Have you guys even watched Star Wars? Have you guys even know what Star Wars is? You know, it's interesting, man, because I feel like this whole like fake Star Wars fan, I saw a lot of that, um, a few comments on, on when I was on Movie Talk last week. And... I think that's such an interesting term coming from certain people. Yeah, Fake on. Star Wars fan. Cause I, well, I mean, you know, the, the whole gatekeeper mentality is super you know, annoying. Like, it's so annoying, man. Yeah. Especially with Star Wars specifically, because I feel like this whole thought about killing uh, 
your childhood or killing what your thoughts of a certain movie is mm-hmm. is pretty interesting considering how Star Wars has always been something incredibly political, incredibly political. And inc- yeah. it's, it's always been political and social commentary mm-hmm. on whether what was going on in the past or what was going on in the present. Mm-hmm. But let's get into that a little bit with the initiation of Star Wars and the mind behind it, which was George Lucas when he created it. Um, when he created Star Wars, he definitely wanted to do uh, a fun kind of space movie that was referencing the serialized stuff that he saw uh, back in the day on TV and stuff when it comes to the old school black and white films too. Mm-hmm. But it was also obviously kind of, not a ripoff, but a, but a inspired by a Flash Gordon type as well. Right, Flash Gordon, uh, a lot of Akira Kurosawa. You're right, Akira Kurosawa as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot the name of the film that he named, but he named the specific film. Right, there's one specific one that references a lot and that, that, um, 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 Fuck man, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. Um, but but it was like right after Seven Samurai, I feel like. I know which one it is. I just I they have a whole Star Wars class at USC. So like in that class they show you like all of the influences that influenced uh the Star Wars, right? So you see like the um the Kurosawa films, you see the you know, the Westerns like the John Ford, the Searchers is one particular that played a lot of influence to Lucas and, and crafting like the space western kind of deal. Um, you know, the Flash Gordon, you know, kind of sci fi influences, the serialized stuff. So all of that plays yeah. a heavy hand into what to what to what Lucas is trying to do here. Yeah, but it's it's also um Star Wars this is the meaning of, so we're gonna get into a little bit of, of the, the, the purpose behind the movie. Um It was also a commentary on kind of the old school, like black and white, but also the whole point of of the empire is that it is an empire. The fact that it is a very imperial mentality of locating planets and kind of colonizing those planets and and taking the planet's resources, taking the planet's culture, uh, dictating the planet's culture, dictating the planet's language, Mm -hmm. um, kind of implementing their own thoughts, their own philosophy, their own... Uh, political ideals onto these planets that don't want interference and that don't want the empire to meddle in their affairs and to kind of take what they have, take the great of what they have and downplay what they have as a cultural as well, which is very much a commentary on what America was doing, right? And right. What, obviously what the Nazis did too back yeah. in, in World War II, which is a direct reference from what it is, but it comes from the nationalism type feel of I'm I'm the best, this is mine, 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 security, 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 uh, war, war, war. I'm the one who has the biggest army. I'm the one who has the biggest power. Therefore, I'm going to use my power and control to influence other people, other markets, other cultures to dictate how I feel and how I feel like things should be run. Right, right. I mean, I think in particular when we talk about Return of the Jedi, that's definitely one that's more of, you know, that that that's a commentary on the pro-American nationalism kind of aspect of, you know, a lot of times a lot of people consider it, you know, I think even George Lucas went as far as to call like his Vietnam film, Return of the Jedi at least, because especially with the Ewoks, right? The Ewoks are supposed to represent that or the bat the battle on uh Endor. A battle on Endor, right. How that's like a, his commentary on on the Viet, Vietnamese on on Vietnam War, right? The 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 sav the, the quote unquote savages, this quote unquote like non 
non-traditional army. Non-traditional army, right. Like Using you know, their terrain, right, using right, their resources. The and the, yeah, using the, natural resources to you, to fight a bigger technologically advanced army. Right, right. And winning. And, and winning. winning. You're right, Correct. right, right, right. So then that's why... You know, that's, you know, I think that plays a big part into when you talk about how it reflects the America imperialism. I think that's where the commentary for that. I, I definitely know. I definitely think that the original, uh, the original one in particular, New Hope, that's very much a World War Two kind of thing. Right. Too, yeah. right? With, with, with the Nazis, with the whole the whole setup of the uh, of the stormtroopers and, and Darth Vader, like these murderous brutes who like go from country to country, just taking over and like destroying planets and destroying worlds just. For the sake of like being power hungry and stuff like that, um, it's a big and even you know I mean and that's what influenced a lot of the fight scenes too, right? Particularly like the space battles and um, and Star Wars. He, right. He, uh, he it is a World War Two feel. Right. Right. And that right. comes directly from George Lucas's interest in World War Two. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he's been a, he was a historian for he, he, he was a history buff, right? Like he he knew a lot about World War Two. He cared a lot about World War Two, and that's what influenced a lot of like those battles. You even. I think even, you know, they talk about when, you know, we talked about in the last episode with the Brian De Palma um, documentary and the Steven Spielberg documentaries, they kind of talk about how, like, when they were screening Star Wars originally, um, he would cut to, like, ra- like in, in the middle of the battles before they had the visual effects done, he would just cut to, like, random World War II footage of, like, the ships that he that he would imagine that would later be replaced with the the actual that's visual right yeah, i do remember yeah. that yeah yeah, I, yeah. I, I haven't seen the documentary but i did see that footage yeah yeah that he yeah. would cut within world war ii footage yeah, yeah. he would literally just cut in world war ii footage whenever like he didn't have the visual effects for that thing done but then like that's what he was trying to achieve and yeah. he would show that to his visual effects people so i mean that's why he cares so you know that's why they have a very tactile type feel you know like they you talked about the cockpit feel like that's very much influenced by like the World War II like aesthetic, right? So. And it's also it's also the the fascination with aerial combat, right? Right. Because aerial combat was such a big part of World War II. Because aerial combat's like a whole different level. Mm-hmm. Like for anyone who's in the Air Force too, and it's like you have to worry about angles. You have to worry about people on your tail. You have to worry about you know all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff that mm-hmm. you know that he does even in A New Hope when 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 uh when Han and Luke are fighting off the Tie Fighters that are chasing them. Right. It comes from that kind of mentality of like you know. People in aerial combat dealing with those situations. Mm-hmm. It comes directly from World War Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's a huge mm-hmm. influence because he has that fascination of like a pilot being able to take down enemies in a much more ad- advantageous field, which is the air, and in this case, space in Star Wars too. Right. And it's funny because a lot of people make fun of the science of Star Wars and how that makes no sense. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. And in the right. explosions and gravity and all that type of stuff that happens mm-hmm. in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But it but it is very much a fascination with that World War II mentality. And you're right, about the stormtroopers, going back to that, it's also the uniform of the stormtroopers, right? Mm-hmm. And how they're all very much black, white, gray uh, uniform, especially the the admirals in in the in the movies, because they're wearing very 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 Nazi type uh, outfits, because they have that that tight uniform. They have mm-hmm. the little hats. It looks super Nazi. <laughs> right, 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 right. And has very much the purpose of it too. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's also the colors of it too, because I feel like color plays a huge part, especially with the New Hope, with the white with the gray and obviously Darth Vader wearing the all black. Mm-hmm. Um, talk a little bit about how color plays a role. Cause I feel like color specifically with the white stormtroopers signifies um, how they view themselves as purity and how they view themselves as pure. Mm-hmm. It also goes back to uh, 
how the peacekeepers in Hunger Games were all white as Ooh, well. Oh that's shit! That's one. the seventh Hunger Game reference. Wow. What y'all gonna do? But how the peacekeepers in Hunger Games were all white as well right. to signify how they're pure and how they they keep the peace and how everything they're doing is for a purpose and it's for um, kind of the 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 proper way of doing things and we have to keep ourselves pure and rid of the wrongness and the dirtiness of of, of our previous mm-hmm. mistakes and our previous sins is how the peacekeepers uh why they use the white right. but how the stormtroopers use it as well is also that kind of uniform mentality of like they're they're all you know all white for a purpose and mm-hmm. how they they view themselves as as the, as the correct way of doing things as mm-hmm. the pure way of doing things mm-hmm. as as the as the empire state of mind kind of thing right. where everyone is in this uh hive mind mentality of the the correct and proper and right way of doing a certain thing is what the emperor dicta- the emperor dictates mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that you know verbalizes that with the white uniform right 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 and I, I think that's that's the crucial that's the biggest aspect of like why they are so an efficiently menacing villain right because you know when or not villain but like a threat to like these heroes because they they feel all unified they feel like one force that are like acting like soldiers you know they all that's what the whole idea of, of uniforms and, and the military is right to act as a united front so that's why they all have like the same kind of uh mono mono i guess monochromatic is that the right term but i don't know if it's monochromatic because they're white but whatever like the the whole like the whole like uniform like the one white you know um lingering presence because they 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 it represents the control the power the 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 reflection of like how they see themselves as like these clean operative like soldiers who are operating at the sake of the of the galaxy of 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 the empire this controlling force this authoritarian force you know like that so it's the mindset too right yeah it's like these guys are all in the same mindset right right they're gonna attack us with the same mind because they're they're fighting for their cause which is their god which is the emperor Mm -hmm. which is basically their god in the in the entire process of it too um it also goes back to 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 what uh, the signification of that of that white color references of that too, but mm. it's also the grays too because I feel like um, it's specifically I I feel like the the you know with Tarkin and with the other admirals that kind of join him, it signifies specifically off the uniform mentality for the Nazis too, um, but but also I think when he comes with the black with Darth Vader. Mm. It's very much just an old school, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. dark, dark night, dark cowboy, black cat, black hat, black, black hat, hat, cowboy yeah. mm-hmm. type of mentality mm-hmm. where he's like the the old school. I'm just here to tear shit up. I'm mm-hmm. just evil kind of thing too. Right, Do right. you feel that way right. too? Right, no, definitely, definitely. I think that's the biggest. Uh, I mean, that's that's why. Um, uh, he. I mean that's why he's all colored. All is that men- again? We talk about the menacing force with like the white, the 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 spread out that stands out amongst the crowd. I think that's why the white there is there too because they stand out amongst like the savagery, the dirty like universe that's that's there. But then it's also um, the black is to show like this heartless, cold, soulless being who is just willing to like kill and snap somebody's neck or like choke somebody out 
or like whoop them with with a lightsaber or whatever. Like you know what I mean. So like that's what the that's what the black is. You know what I mean. It's like that power, that force. You know the the unknown, the mystery. What we like the the thing we know least about is what scares us the most. So that's what that I think that's what it, it definitely represents. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was wasn't I don't know. I just kind of brought me on this like weird tangent, but like I I saw some like behind the scenes footage or whatever of the dude saying uh, of the dude who was the the actual body of of the Darth of, Vader. Of Vader. Yeah, I think his name's like Mike Mike Posner or something like that. But Mike Posner <laughs> isn't Mike, that the, the singer? Or maybe he is the singer. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's the same. Uh, but it's some shit. I, 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 even, I forgot the guy. What song did he do, man? What song is that? He, what, that Mike he, Posner? Yeah, Posner, yeah. Uh, is it Cooler Than Me? Cooler Than Me. Yeah. Cooler Than Me. That yeah. song is shit. Yeah, that shit. Oh, man. That shit was Not baller. the shit. Shit. Yeah, that, song, that song was baller back in like, oh, 2008. Oh, I hate that song. 2008. Yeah. Anyway, hated back, that song. back to the guy. I can't remember the guy who played Vader or whatever. But Pretty sure it was Mike Posner. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Um, the, But the dude said, <laughs> dude said in some interview, like, he was, he's obviously very salty about like not getting to be the voice of Darth Vader too. He was like, oh yeah, I think Lucas was really going for this big, threatening black voice with this black man playing this black character. Yeah, I think the, the problem was, as you obviously realize, I have a, a, a West Country accent. Oh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> very, very slight, very slight. Um, and I don't think they could do Darth Vader with an English accent. That was the big problem. And, uh, and also, you see, the character being a big black character that he is, I think George really wanted an obvious black voice and they got James Earl Jones in to do it. And to me, it, that is a very a very obvious negro voice like that shit is just so funny like he was just really i don't know so again that I, I mean maybe that's not the intention that lucas was going for but like that threatening kind of presence and that's why he needed a voice like you know james, james earl jones, jones who, who comes in and like oh this looming presence this looming thing and you know we talked about sound design in the last episode the whole like breathing the, breathing, is, the uh, hopper well, i used to call it as a kid the hopper I never heard that. As a kid, I would call it the hopper because he would go, like that was how he breathed. So I was like, oh, cool. That's nice. I never thought about that. Yeah, it's that classic, classic. Dude, I'm telling you, I watched, we didn't do this, but let's do it right now. I'm going to start it off. First time. First time, a new segment on the Meaning of Podcast. The little letters come out from RB3. Shout out. And RB3 is like, I ain't doing that shit. Literally writes it out on screen. I ain't doing that shit. But my first time watching the original trilogy was with the re-release of the original Star Wars into the VHS tapes, which was the special edition, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. Which was that was a VHS, right? right. It, was, it was 1997, I believe. 97, yep. And that came with new toys. That came with um, the VHS re-release. That came with um, the the, cre the three VHSs of A New Hope, uh, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. I watched A New Hope because my dad liked Star Wars, and he mm -hmm. thought he would introduce it to us as as kids, me and my brother. Mm -hmm. And we watched the movies, and immediately, 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 I clinged directly to Darth Vader as a mm -hmm. kid. As a kid, I remember thinking and this is me as a kid always liking the villains mm -hmm. uh and always liking the guys who wear black i, I love black because i always wear black <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, as i'm currently wearing black right now um, <laughs> because i always do it's it's one of those things where i cling to that and i cling to that presence of like the like you said black hat badass huge voice mm -hmm. heavy breathing guy hussein hopper all the time mm -hmm. like and, and that to me was like the coolest thing ever mm -hmm. and and i remember watching these these 
shows and and also it comes to like from the mind of a child because i was a child i was like six or something right. um thinking about the mentality of what you're taking in right because you probably don't understand everything that it comes to when it comes down to the political atmosphere or when it comes to the atm- uh, the even the story in general you probably don't capture most of it as a kid as a five or six year old right. but what you do capture is the visuals and it comes to the feelings that you get from the movies mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. watching that watching the original star wars for me as a kid was watching the idea of a sword i think that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing the fact that it says jedi knight the fact that it has that connotation of like a knight, of an old school guy with a mask and a sword who's going to kick ass and, and, and just tear everyone apart because mm-hmm. he's so skilled with a weapon that appears to be outdated. And yet the wrinkle that, that Lucas introduces is the idea of blocking laser blasts. Even though mm-hmm. laser blasts appear to be the most technologically advanced weapon of all time, it's the idea of like, I'm so fast and I'm so badass that I can le- legit block that shit. Mm-hmm. And the idea of that as a kid to me was just awesome because I wanted a lightsaber right away, right? Because mm-hmm. that's the, the, the aesthetic of an art, a Star Wars film is wanting that lightsaber. Mm-hmm. The idea of a laser sword, a sword that can literally cut through anything mm-hmm. and is just made of pure light and pure energy mm-hmm. and you can still use it to like battle people. Mm-hmm. That is the aesthetic that I took in the most as a kid. And obviously Luke Skywalker and the fact that he wears, he also wears all white throughout the movie too, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. a very interesting point too to signify yeah. kind of like his innocence too. Right, right, right. And then, you know, his his costume evolves throughout the original trilogy, Correct. right? He Correct. He goes from white to, to, to gray. And gray and Empire, and Star then... Strikes, Empire Strikes Back, he's wearing gray. Right. And obviously Return of the Jedi, he's wearing all black. black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But for me, taking that in as a kid, and then obviously following it up with Empire Strikes Back, following it up with Return of the Jedi, which is probably the one that I cling to the most Mm -hmm. because of what you just said. And it's Mm -hmm. crazy because as a child, that's what we take in. Mm -hmm. We take in the aesthetic. We take in the colors. We take in the the look, the feel. Mm -hmm. And that's what I took in. I took in Luke wearing that black glove. I will never forget that black glove watching it as a kid and watching Mm -hmm. the two go back to forth and watching Darth Vader take down the emperor and kind of turn to the good side and kind of thinking about that as a child, thinking about like, oh shit, the character who's evil and messed up and I've always loved is a good guy now. Mm -hmm. I feel good now. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. as a kid watching that, I was like, man, this is amazing. And obviously the toys, because my brother had the the Han Solo character. I had Luke, the little Luke action figure. Mm -hmm. I fought for the Darth Vader action figure. (laughs) We had the the super, the huge scale size Millennium Falcon. Mm -hmm. My brother had that one. It came with like the Chewbacca. Like, I was... Uh, obsessed with Star Wars right off the special edition. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, RB3? Talk to me about the first time you saw a Star Wars movie in general. Any Star Wars movie. Um, any the very Star- first time. Right, like, you very- could be four, you could be five, because I think I was like five or six. Well, I mean, I don't know if I've seen like the, the, I got introduced to Star Wars from the games, like from the uh, really, yeah, okay, yeah. which games? Um, um, the uh, the pod racing game? No, no. Oh, I was gonna say <laughs> uh, <laughs> you were probably like one when they came yeah, out. Yeah, I definitely wasn't out for that. It was the it was the uh, I played uh, that game religiously. For, Force Unleashed, bro. The Force Unleashed and the Force Unleashed Two. That, oh just my was, god, dude! You're like five years old. Hey, <laughs> How man. old are you, man? Hey, man! That well, when those came out, Force I was Unleashed. Like, I was like t- thirteen. Yeah, well, I mean, I was like seven, eight, something like that. So, like, not too far off, but like that was when I that was like my first introduction. <laughs> you look at the camera. That was my first introduction to Star Wars, uh, at least. Like, uh, so shout out to me. Sam Witwer. Yeah, 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 Sam Witwer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got it. You know, what? I've seen that guy. I've seen him at the Collision shit. I've seen him at a bunch of. Oh, you haven't met him. I have met him, but oh, like, okay. I've never like. 
I should honestly like ask him for a picture or something. Like Jesus Christ, yeah. he influenced what I like about Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I knew him mainly from Being Human. Shout out to Being Human, being the sci-fi human. show. Oh, it's dope. I made him the little Star Wars belt. The little, oh yeah, fucking, you did. I yeah, remember I when you made that Star Wars belt because yeah. I'm the one who brought it in. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. yeah literally, you just gave you it to me. Know. I gave it. To, I gave you, and I gave you the hero's belt too. The, yeah. the little the inner geek. <laughs> Case you guys don't know, and, for like half of the belts in the in the inner geek it's or the showdown. RB three. Yeah, man, uh, showdown, dog. The, it's all gonna be mine soon guys no, hey man get that watch energy. for my entrance yes. guys it's yeah. coming it's really not coming Con- <laughs> Yo, get, get to that inner geek them bro hey like, man that's still dope, still man. haven't done it yeah still yeah. haven't been uh, asked to do hey, it man i'm gonna I'm walk in with i don't know if i could i could participate in the regular schmodowns anymore i'm kind of owing to you know i don't know if they're ever gonna bring me back but Hopefully one of these days. Hey man, you know? at least you at least you got your shot. I still haven't got my shot. <laughs> hey man. Hey, by the way, by the, they're having the uh, or they had by this point the uh, the uh, live event. Uh, oh yeah, they already had that. Yeah, yeah. Did, or, did you go to that or? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> of course I didn't. Cool, cool. <laughs> I don't go to anything Schmodown related. Schmodown, man. I don't because. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm usually at home just like editing, like trying to get the graphics. Yeah, no, honestly, I, I didn't go to that. Sorry, guys. I didn't meet you guys. Yeah. By the um, way, I'm sorry, y'all. If you ever watch the Schmodown and you see like the graphics, like a wrong statistic, just know that's me and it's an accident. Accidents happen, guys. Accidents mm, it's happen. unacceptable, guys. Yeah. Either way, <laughs> back to the Force Unleashed. Um, Force Unleashed. Yeah, that was my shit, man. So I had that. How was your introduction to Star Wars? You didn't see any other movie before that? Nah. You didn't man. see the prequels? Because the prequels were before that. Yeah. I mean, I didn't care about the prequels. Like, when I was a little kid, my cousin did. My cousin was big on prequels. I also grew up in a very, listen, I grew up in a very, like, religious household. So, like, they didn't want me seeing, like, anything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I didn't see So Harry. did I. My parents didn't want me seeing anything, too. But Star Wars was, like, the one exception. Uh, I didn't see Harry Potter. I didn't, I didn't see Harry see, Potter either. I didn't see Lord my, of the my Rings. Pa- my parents didn't let me watch Harry Potter. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, but Harry Potter's different because he's, like, Magic was, and shit. Yeah, source, but they didn't, they didn't want me to see anything, dog. They saw me. Aww, they had me. Come on. Only thing I really saw was like Pixar movies when I was a little kid. Really, honestly. Um, so like, I didn't see like Lord of the Rings when I was a kid. None of that shit. Um, I didn't either. Yeah, yeah. Literally, yeah. Star Wars was my only one. I'm not even joking. Yeah, yeah. That's why I love it so much, and I yeah. still love it till this day. I had to. I had the superhero. They, that, they let me see the superhero. Oh, superheroes too. Yeah. Yeah, they let me see that. But Justice League was my shit. Yeah. Batman the animated series. Superman the animated series. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't watch Force East. Unleashed. That's crazy. Force Unleashed was it. So, what was the first movie that that you watched? Uh, the fucking <laughs> the Phantom Menace three D re release. <laughs> Wasn't that shit like three years ago? Yeah, it was like two thousand eleven, bro. Yeah, that's the first time you watched Star Wars. Yeah, first time I watched a Star Wars movie. Yeah, fully. Oh yeah. my god! But of course, like take you, that shirt off right now, RB3. but <laughs> no, but and but, I mean that in the most no, bro. <laughs> but that, but by that point though, it, I had already known like Star Wars though. You know what I mean? Like Family Guy. I seen the fam- I saw his Family Guy specials, the Robot Chicken shit. That shit doesn't I've, count. I've seen all the parodies before I saw like the actual movie, so I knew what it was. You know what I mean? Um, but then watching the Phantom Menace. Okay, so here's the thing. I watched the Phantom Menace. I was like, and I saw it in the 3D release shit. And I was like, yo, this shit is garbage. I don't know what the fuck this Star Wars shit is about. So then, like, I went and then I was like reading more online. Like, what is this? And then, apparently, people hated the prequels. So then, like, I, I went back and watched. They had they used to show them on Spike TV a lot. The original. Uh, That's right. For, you know, they always show them on Spike. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Spike TV. Yeah, Spike TV. So I went home and then I found them on Spike TV. I recorded them on a little DVR TiVo shit and then like watched them. Watched that way so then from that point on i was like oh okay i get these are awesome like these are really fun okay so fucking the, movies. The, the original trilogy the original trilogy was what brought me in and then i went gotcha. back and watched attack of the clones and revenge of the sith after gotcha. that and then caught up on um, on the new the new trilogy yeah oh, dude i forget how young you are that's wild yeah well dude i mean i also like 
I didn't. It wasn't like I was in like non. Like I knew some of the Star Wars stuff. Like I did. Like my best friend, my best friend and my cousin both used to watch Clone Wars. So I would just literally watch like random episodes of Clone Wars like every now and Clone then. Clone Wars know, like, is amazing. Yeah. I, I'm obsessed. I, I still love Clone Wars. I, I watched that stuff like when it was coming out, mm. like current when it was airtime, mm-hmm. and when it was confusing as hell because it would tell you like what's going on, and it was all like freaking so confusing and i still loved it then it's some um, of it like not chronological it was not chronological yeah. so that's why i was i was always confused and i loved it i was like i'm confused give me more um that's crazy man yeah, yeah but for me it was it was the original trilogy funny enough right before think about this right before the prequels is when i got into star wars yeah like right be- i got introduced to luke skywalker han solo princess leia darth vader well that was the point all these characters that was the point of the re-releases too. i know yeah that's and exactly they got they me did. like yeah. it, i'm one of the, the the victims of the of the, <laughs> of the little freaking net that they threw out into the ocean and railed me up right uh with the re-releases to to get new fans and mm. they got me because even though the 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 that's kind of you're right that's a good mm. point that's why he did the special effects right because right. the special effects are so outdated mm. and yet when he did the re-release he tried to update the special effects to make it mm. more digestible for new audiences for mm. people who are much more used to special effects being like jurassic park level special effects right 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 so that's a good point as far as like why he re-released it obviously people hate the re-release the special editions re-release mm-hmm. uh because yeah. of the the stuff that he added yeah uh because he made it sillier and because he made more cgi characters mm-hmm. uh, but he got me and he he reeled me right back in and i bought all the toys i got the lightsaber i got freaking like i loved obi-wan kenobi i loved darth vader like i Mm. played with the action figures we got the toys like that that was my obsession now and i was currently obsessed with star wars and then obviously the prequels came out and you know that's funny because you know again i i mentioned this book a lot in the last episode the house star wars kind of Mm -hmm. universe i'm gonna read it i swear they talked they talked about well there's a whole chapter in there where they talked about uh i referenced it a lot because i I read i reread it like in preparation for like this this episode yeah and me i just watched the prequel documentaries yeah (laughs) behind the scenes stuff yeah i i didn't uh i i gotta watch i gotta see the prequels are the thing i'm like the lightest on so like the prequels are the thing i'm the heaviest on. Oh, okay so we're gonna we're get gonna, into we it a, we have a balanced thing here but yeah. uh but uh but uh it's so interesting how uh you know I, they're kind of talking about the context of like the star wars fandom like before the re-releases right because everything was just kind of they're just random novels and books and comics that comics, were coming out. yeah uh, and sometimes little shows and right little, right yeah. but the the star wars fandom was kind of dying out like sure. literally like fading into obscurity son lucas brought out the re-releases to kind of re- reinvigorate it and plus announced the prequels with that too and it got it got the whole world hype like like I, I I don't know like the the best I guess the best comparable example is like pre Force Awakens right or like or how with you like for or okay so you were young like yeah. how were you hyped for like these prequel like was that like the biggest talk of like the 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 Arizona oh no, it was Texas <laughs> playground right Texas oh Texas yeah, yeah Texas playgrounds like was that oh was that yeah was? dude yeah oh yeah so yeah we were gonna see how Darth Vader got burned. That was like the big talk too, for real. I mean, obviously that was mainly before episode three, yeah. but but it was gonna be like, yo, they're gonna make a movie about like Darth Vader, like before he was Darth Vader. It's mm. gonna be crazy, and I'm like, yo, Darth Vader was someone before he was Darth Vader. Right, right, <laughs> it's like right. you don't remember Anakin when he says that name, Anakin. Mm. I'm like, yo, that's crazy. Yeah, of course, dude, it was all the hype. Yeah. Like especially, I remember clearly walking into like Toys R Us and 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 walking into there. 
and, and, and on the wall of Toys R Us, you would see... Uh, R.I.P. Toys R Us, by the way. R.I.P. Toys R Us, man. Toys R Us was my childhood. And right there, you would see the Slave One. And on the other section, you would see the Millennium Falcon, like the huge mm. box that was like this big. It was enormous. Mm. And then you saw the, the action figures of Han Solo and mm-hmm. Boba Fett and you, you, all these characters that I fell in love with watching the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. And then getting hype for for the for the for the prequel trilogy right, getting excited right. for, getting excited to see it because i would rewatch the the special editions over and over again right. as as like a you know therapeutic mindset of like put me in a trance of star wars because i was so addicted to it and then obviously leading into the prequels yeah. which is what you said just announced it yeah right and then and you know and that's what toys toys help so much though yeah and it's a lot of things especially nowadays what we're seeing now with disney buying it too is like mm. toys are like Toys are important. Yeah, that's money. I mean, it's money. It's commodity. Apparently, Lucas has signed like a four four hundred million dollar deal with Hasbro for the toy rights, mm. and that wasn't even like that was non exclusive. So like, they still license products to Legos and all this kind of shit. So it was crazy amounts of money being yeah. put. In. Legos. I, I also had Star Wars Legos. Damn. Yeah. See, see, with I heard, I read that apparently, like that that like Legos was like dying. Like that was and. and you know the uh, the decision to uh, license Lego toys uh, was uh, was the the CEO. I said they, they would never license anything. They would never license any Star Wars toys. But then they licensed the the Star Wars toys, which was the first licensing deal they ever did pre Harry Potter, pre Lord of Rings, pre all that stuff. Uh, and it, and it ended up making them a boatload of money. I actually, ended up saving the company and, and turning profitability. Um, and the same thing with Hasbro. Hasbro made two billion dollars off of Star Wars toys during this time. And um, and again, you know, I and they, you know, they they were talking about how the fandom, the the the, the fan club, had reached an all time high. Lucas had came up with this idea of doing a Star Wars celebration in order to hype up the prequels, um, because of widening the wave of the special editions. I mean, I guess during that time, I guess not a lot of people hated the special editions, right? Like, because they were just. That was just seeing. I can't. New, I can't talk really, because I'm. I was. You're young. Yeah, you're young. Yeah. Uh, I like, just that was my first time seeing it. So right. 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 I loved it. Do, do, you, do you have you had like a lingering desire to see the original, the original cut? Sure. Those? Sure. I have. Yeah. I have. As like a super crazy Star Wars fan that I am, I have. I have yeah. seen it. Yeah. I, I still, of course. Those little. Those fucking what was they call like the unrestored editions or whatever like yeah have to die I have old friends internet, so let's so. just say that that's all they talk about right right yeah. right right they talk <laughs> about how how I'm like unworthy in their presence because I grew up with that stuff right and that's what I will never that's another thing let's let's do it let's talk about it because this is a natural <laughs> conversation the Star Wars fandom and how it comes to like I had this little article that I had written. Um, a long time ago um, talking about a little bit how, about Star Wars is all about generations mm-hmm. Star Wars is about w- what what is currently going on in the political climate mm-hmm. of, of that time period mm-hmm. and what is currently going on because I really do feel like the prequels are about that too mm-hmm. and what is currently going on um, in in the in the age climate too because mm-hmm. I feel like um, so many fandom nowadays and, and especially i get that too especially talking about it on movie talk how how i say you know let if they're gonna make a boba fett movie which the hollywood reporter said in like a week and a half ago that they were gonna do that how i said let's put a, a maori actor in there let's put a new zealand actor because there's so many great new zealand actors and then i got pushed back by saying oh how dare you the the original boba fett and it's like who gives a shit about the original boba fett because i i feel like i don't give a shit about the original boba fett he just mm-hmm. jumped into the scarlet pig and he just died who gives a shit? Mm. I give a shit about the Attack of the Clones, Jango Fett, and how he connects into that. So that's my perspective, right? Mm. And how everything in the Star Wars fandom is connected to what generations you grew up with, right? Mm. So when I talk to 36-year-olds who are slightly older than me, because I'm not that 
far behind <laughs> when it comes to age. People talk to me. It's like, oh, special edition. Oh, how, how dare you? Oh, the prequels. Oh, those are terrible. And it's me for me. I'm like, that's my, that's what I grew up with, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You grew up with your shit and you love that shit. I grew up with my shit and I love my shit. Like, mm. back off kind of thing is right. like, kind of my mentality behind mm. it. Because I feel like it's like, you're not better than me because you grew up in a different generation than me. You're not. Like, you think you are, but you're not. You know mm. what I'm saying? It's like this mentality of like, I'm older, I'm wiser. It's like, nah, man, you're like six or seven years older than me and you're definitely not wiser than me. Mm. So stop acting like you are just because you grew up with the original trilogy right. where nothing was changed. Right. Like, for me, it's like, no, I grew up with mine and I feel like mine is still pretty cool too. Like, obviously, we'll get into the prequels and discuss how certain things didn't work and did work for me personally. But when it comes to the to Star Wars in general and to fandom, I really do feel like it's important to realize that at the end of the day, I, I think generations are the deciding factor of what is and what isn't quality, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many people nowadays that I see, even on my Instagram and on my Twitter, of younger kids... 14, 13 year olds really clinging to Rey and Kylo Ren. As much shit as people talk about Rey and Kylo Ren, I feel like they're the best part of the new trilogy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a lot of potential with their characters. And a lot of people like Rey and a lot of people like Kylo. And I really do give a lot of pushback, especially when it comes to masculinity and especially when it comes to um, the male perspective. I really do feel like. Like I said before on our on our last Jedi review, like a lot of people being like, Star Wars is all women now. And I'm like, Kylo Ren's a dude. And he's like a big, giant, white dude. So if you're a big dude or you're a white dude, you can like Kylo Ren. Like, I, I, I don't see how there's this line dividing, you know, uh, 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 you know, gender dividing fandom i don't see that at all i still see a lot of badass dudes in star wars like poe dameron and kylo ren and a bunch of cool dudes in star wars and also some cool girls in star wars i think it's fine to have both but i do feel like when it comes to fandom battles and generational battles it's kind of dictated by age and i feel like that's kind of stupid and Mm -hmm. i've talked to you about that too even when it comes to like just movie movie conversations in general i really do feel and this is me going off on a tangent i know i understand but i do feel like when it comes to Um, movie discussion and movie conversation there's this big inclination to cater to an older film critic or an older uh, uh, reviewer an older article writer as a as a wiser more powerful more knowledgeable knowledgeable person Mm -hmm. i'm not that old but i'm also not that young but i do feel like i can keep up with any of those guys and Mm -hmm. i and i I feel like you can keep up with any of those guys and you're a child Mm -hmm. so so (laughs) when you're a child (laughs) so for me 21 21 next week y'all you're a child basically um so for me that that's i feel like that there's so much stuff when it comes to hollywood and age where i am 43 years old therefore i am old and wise and it's like no you're you're a 43 year old nerd who should get a life and let me do what your job is like for me it's like everyone kind of caters to that and it's like he's an old person who is wise and i'm like no he's not i mean he's seen as many movies as i've seen maybe more sure it doesn't matter i'm younger i can watch other movies there i have a different perspective than you do i have a different generational perspective than you mm. i'm just as knowledge as you are i went to just as good a school as you did and i can write just as well as you write mm. like there's this weird kind of mentality of superiority when it comes to older generations that i feel has to die out and i want to be the one to spark that shit um but i feel like that's so key when it comes to star wars man 
Like, really, that's really key when it comes to, like, I was there when the original trilogy came out, therefore, I stand above you, little generational young kid. And I'm like, no, no, I don't, I don't care if you're 50, bro. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not a bigger Star Wars fan than me because you saw Alec Guinness the first time. Or like, yeah. I don't know. I, that, that's just, to me, Star Wars fandom has to understand that. Right, 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 right. I mean, it's always, I mean, they, it's always been that whole, like, gatekeeper, like, yeah, man. kind of thing, too. I mean, you but, watch- but when it comes to age, it bothers me it's like right. i was there and it's like who gives a shit if you were there right right i don't right, care right right no i mean that's i mean that's what fandom is dog it's like justifying how much of a bigger fan you are like yeah. and i feel like that's that's really toxic and i feel like that's definitely why you see a lot of uh people of color and a lot of women like being discriminated against in this community because they're not because you know the old white man is <laughs> telling us what they believe is their true and you know true and true how to, how much better uh, but we they t- understand it. Then, yeah, then, but then. we we talked about it as a whole, how, how, how Star Wars is starting to branch out into mm. more of a diverse perspective. And yet, at the end of the day, and I talked to you about this, and you were the one who brought this up, and mm. I always go back to this when people bring this up, is at the end of the day, this new trilogy that everyone's talking about, how diverse it is, mm. they still got two white leads yeah. leading the charge. They still got a white brunette lady Shout out to Ray, but she's a white brunette lady yeah, leading yeah, the charge, and, and they got a white angry white dude yeah. leading the charge. So, so all directed by white guys too. By and the it's way. all directed by white guys. So hey. shout out to white people because yeah. you guys are still still king yeah, of Star y'all, Wars. Y'all still winning. Hey, it's by the way, real. I feel like every week they announce and it's a new do- it's cool. I like white people, and I think you yeah, guys I love, have. I love white people. I, I think you guys have Star Wars. You really do. Like think about it. Your two mm. main characters are white leads. You guys have it. And well, all directed by white dudes. Was, yeah, I mean, like... Come on, they, you guys have they, it. Don't they, be they mad. Announce, they announce Don't every, get salty. I feel like every week they announce a new Star Wars movie. And it's directed like, by another white guy. Yeah. And with, you're like, shout out to white people. Boba there you Fett, go. Boba Fett, James Mango, there right? You go. Right, right, I don't know, so... For, me, know. for me, it's like, yeah, I mean, come on. Let, let's chill out a little bit. I think mm-hmm. people, people who get offended by that are slightly racist if not completely racist because <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day man it's like if you're getting mad about finn mm-hmm. come on bro finn finn doesn't do shit like come yeah. on like at the end of the day he was he was mishandled in last jedi he was really mishandled yeah, in the yeah, last yeah. jedi yeah. he doesn't do jack shit yeah come on man yeah. at the and end of the day kylo is like the main character yeah it and to, and to and it you know complaining for some somebody being black just because they're black that's that's offensive and that's racist definitely um i do also think though there is a certain extent of like you know, I don't know how much we are allowed to complain about Rose. <laughs> like, how, you know, I don't know if, 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 you know, I think Rose is a terrible character, but I also feel bad for complaining about the one Asian girl that we get in Star Wars, you know? I think, um, I think, but, I think, yeah, I think placement is important. I think it's, 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 it's not just key in, in order of casting, but I think it's key in order of like defining a cast member that's going to be important, yeah. right? Because you're, you're not going to, give uh, uh if you're not going to give a certain role into a cast member and cast them as a diverse cast whether it be asian whether it be black whether it be latino mm-hmm. you have to be you have to give them a purpose mm-hmm. you can't just be like yo look it's an asian girl mm-hmm. oh yo mm-hmm. look it's a black guy yo look it's a latino guy mm-hmm. like you have to give him a role you have mm-hmm. to give him a purpose so mm-hmm. at the end of the day like i i posted on twitter last week about diego luna like at the end of the day diego luna is one of the reasons why i loved rogue one because he actually had a purpose in that movie compared to other latin characters who have smaller purposes in mm-hmm. other star wars movies or other movies in general because i feel like at the end of the day people can be like yo there's a guy who's kind of brown in the background mm-hmm. and it's like i don't care right. he doesn't do shit why right. would i care you right. know what i'm saying like give me a purpose give me a role give me a leading role mm-hmm. and then we'll see how 
diverse Star Wars is. Yeah. Like we talked about that with Solo too. Mm-hmm. How at the end of the day, Lucasfilm is like, yeah, we're branching out. Let's make another movie about a white guy. Right, right, right. <laughs> and everyone's mad. Star Wars pushing diversity. It's a white guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we haven't, we haven't really had a person of color lead. We like haven't. You said, so Zero. You know how many person of colors have led a Star Wars movie? Zero. Yeah, Diego Zero. Luna is probably the closest. Diego one. Luna is the closest yeah. one, which is why I enjoy Rogue One. Right. Because right. of Diego Luna. Right. Um, but yeah, for me, that that's that's the the my Star Wars introduction as a kid, and that's mm. how I visualized it. So I don't get that kind of feedback from it. So mm. unlike other people who feel like they're the lords of Star Wars mm. and the gatekeepers of Star Wars, like you say, right. gatekeeper. The gatekeepers, yeah. And I think your face is about to be burned off. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I'm like, Jesus, I'm turning into the Phantom Zone right now. Like. Hey, man. We'll see if we can finish <laughs> this before you get completely... Uh, turned into ash like a vampire. <laughs> or um, like that that guy in Solo when they when the sunlight hits uh, in the in the beginning. Oh, you know? Proxima. Yeah, yeah. Lady Shout Proxima. out to Pro- how many people are named Proxima in this damn uh-huh. freaking 2018. Yeah, I was gonna say you uh, got Proxima Midnight. Proxima Midnight. Yeah, in, uh, yeah, yeah. In, uh, and also Lady, you you Lady got Proxima. Midnight from My Hero Academia. Shout out to My Hero Academia. Ah, that's another one. I, um, I've been trying. To, I've been wanting to get into that for the longest time. My Hero time. Academia is awesome. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I tweet. I tweet a lot about it now. I'm starting to tweet more about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, let, let's finish up about a New Hope because I feel like a New Hope has all those themes, but it also has. The classic hero's journey. Let's talk about a little bit about the hero's journey because that's mm-hmm. what Luke represents. It's about Luke, a kid kind of minding his own business, doing his own thing, but dreaming of more, kind mm-hmm. of dreaming of the stars and mm-hmm. dreaming of branching out and doing more and having a bigger purpose in his life than just being a moisture farmer. Right. Yeah. Right, my favorite right. Luke line ever is like, but I was going to Tashi Station to pick up some power, power converters. converters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never let that down. I will always love that line. Yeah, man. It's the most like the most like complaining line of all time. It's the most Lucasy line. I think that made it through the uh, <laughs> that made it through the filter there. That made it through the OG because yeah, there's some yeah. Lucasy lines in the prequels, the prequels that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Every line is a Lucas line in that movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Lucas is obviously very inspired by the Joseph Campbell model of the hero journey story, right? Mm-hmm. Like the 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 it depends on which one you look at but there's typically 12 or 13 or 17 steps of the hero journey story that each kind of represent like this this pattern in like classic literature that's very important to uh what we consider modern filmmaking today um so uh, that was very much the biggest part of like this the story structure that um, was implemented here, and you see that kind of same story structure in like Lord of the Rings, the Iliad from like Homer or whatever. Um, all these classic pieces of literature follow that same model, and he follows that model very closely here, right? The 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 uh, the call to action, the the refusal of the call, the the magical wizard who's like Obi Wan Kenobi, um, and 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 even even the way Star Wars introduced that into the context of the science fiction story. Uh, it kind of became more influential in the fact that more storytellers kind of piggybacked off of that too, right? Like with the Matrix, with all of these different uh, type of uh, type of, type of movies that 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 utilize the hero journey story in, in an effective type of way. So super super crazy how how big of an impact that uh, that Joseph Campbell had on this universe, and in turn how this universe impacted a bunch of other filmmakers to tell those kind of stories later on. Yeah, and it's yeah. a classic kind of journey that we see in so many different stories nowadays. That's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. How about the Han Solo character, especially in A New Hope, because we're going to talk about him a lot more in the other movies. But right. what do you feel like the Han Solo character kind of signifies into these movies? The well, first one. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I definitely think that. I mean, that's. I mean, to me, that's where I kind of don't think a Han Solo movie works. Is like where I 
New Hope is kind of his his origin story, right? Mm-hmm. Like he kind of has that arc of being the lone scoundrel, doesn't want to talk to anybody, doesn't want to be involved in any of this. And he's kind and of then, a pirate too, yeah, right? Pirate, he's yeah. kind of got like the not necessarily like in, in in the sense of like his occupation, like this is what I do. I'm a pirate, kind mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. but it's it's mainly like the pirate swag that he has, the pirate mentality that he has, the gun for hire, the 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 guy who does whatever he wants and he's like how much you gonna pay me fam like that kind of guy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly and 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 he utilizes that um really well um in the beginning i just i just thought of han solo being like yo how much you gonna pay me fam right 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 right. (laughs) after i said it i'm like yeah (laughs) that'd be that'd be that'd be funny if he played like this kind of gangster thing but that's so funny that like he he when we first meet him we meet him like you said with the greedo and uh, is that Greedo? In the, in the, it's Greedo. In the, yeah, Greedo and, and the whole hunt. But the hunt. fact that he's got like, uh, even little details, the fact that he's got his legs up on the table too. Mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. got the legs up on the table, bro. Like that, the disrespect, bro. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, <laughs> the, right. The, You see what I'm saying? Right, like the right. level of disrespect, man. Right. Like he's just like, I don't give a shit, bro. I'm going to shoot <laughs> you under the table. <laughs> like I'm, I'm like not just a gangster, but I'm a kind of gangster who shoots you in the balls, bro. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yo, yeah. shit. Oh, this guy shit. shows this no guy respect. Needs business. <laughs> yeah, um, um, nah, definitely. So I think that's, I mean, that's that's an important part of it too, right? Is yeah. like how he kind of grows from being that kind of selfish, jerkish kind of asshole and then kind of grows into joining this rebellion. But grows into it. it slowly because mm-hmm. even even in the halfway through the movie, halfway through the movie, when Luke, when, when Han, Han wants to peace out, dude, because mm-hmm. re-watching A New Hope, I remember that, that when he wants to peace the F out, like he's done. He's like, bro, this shit's whack. You're making me do way more than you paid me for. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm done. And he's like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. If we save the princess... You know what she's got? She's a princess. She's got cash money, bro. And then Han Solo goes, you said more money, though? And he's, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you save the princess, bro, think about how much riches she's got, man. Mm. And he's like, yeah, okay. I'll stay. I'll stay, Luke. I'll stay. Right, All right, let's right, do it. You, right, you right, see what I'm saying? Like, right. the way he entices him is for more money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, that's how le- level of scoundrel he is. Right. Is the fact that he, it isn't even the good thing that he wants to do. He's like, it's not because he's got a good heart. It's because he's going to make more money. Right, 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 right. Exactly. And I think that's why that's why that's so powerful and, and potent and when he when he ultimately does end up making the decision to come back at the end and save the day. Um, that's, that's why that matters so much because we saw him transforming into being the guy who doesn't care to the guy that does care. Yeah. And, uh, and this, it's, it's nice that he has that, like all three of them, all three of the principal cast, like Luke, Leia, and Han, all kind of have their individual arcs too. Because when we meet Leia, yeah, she, I was just gonna say, if you want to jump to Leia, go for it. Yeah, I mean, she literally has, she's kidnapped, has her entire planet destroyed, and that like, shit's dark too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yo, a planet though? <laughs> Not even like a family member, a planet? Yeah, an entire planet <laughs> that yo. she, yeah, she's a princess. By the way, if she's a princess of a planet that's dead, isn't she, isn't she like the de facto? like queen or some shit or yeah. is there is there is she leader of anything now like i don't know well they make her leader of the of the rebellion or of the rebellion yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like in empire strikes back she's literally the one giving orders mm-hmm, mm-hmm, she's literally mm-hmm. the one going like you go here you go there and it's like yo shit she's calling the shots yeah yeah so yeah. there you go yeah so i mean that's i mean that's that's where ultimately i think that's 
her her journey is becoming is growing out of that and, and it's and also overcoming that and, and becoming yeah go ahead no i'm sorry i keep i always interrupt I'm no, sorry. No, I it's apologize, good. no no it's good it's good it's, it's good. also her like learning to be less british at the beginning she's oh, so british yeah, she's very british and yeah, then she, she goes so slow loses loses it and loses it yeah 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 and she just completely advances it by the time the, the end is over yeah um yeah so i don't know where they shoot they shot this movie in uk too so that's, that's why that's right yeah that's probably why she was picking up a lot yeah the of the of the of the British accents, but yeah, I don't know. It's just so funny. I'm so so Star Wars overall. It just means so much to like a lot of people in the fact that it it encompasses a lot of uh, the themes of maturity, right? Growing up and become and leaving your childhood and going on this adventure as an adult, right? And, yeah. and interacting with all these people who who, who reflect uh, the uh, the same kind of struggles and and, and and stuff that you're going through too. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You're right. It is like a very quick wake up call when it, when your aunt and uncle are burned alive. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty graphic. That's <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty dark. When they show when they show the skeletons, yeah, I'm like, oh, they're like, yo, yeah, that's yeah. kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, very much so. And it also is about obviously droid people and how R two D two and C three PO. Yeah, they're people too. They're, they're people, people too. too. Yeah. Shout out to L337. L337. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> the she, she RB3's favorite part of Solo. She should have liberated them motherfuckers, man. Like, they were just trapped under the thumb of the oppressive Luke Skywalker. Hey, you know? there you go, man. Yeah. I've never seen such devotion from a droid. Shout out. That's a line that Luke says in the movie. <laughs> and then and then Obi-Wan says, I don't recall owning a droid. Really, Obi-Wan? You don't recall owning a droid? <laughs> so I'm pretty sure you know R2. And where the hell is your privilege? And where the hell is your loyalty? to r4 r4 man Ooh, r4 r4 bro i haven't heard from that i know yeah, I'm, I'm a prequel a fan time, so man. for me r4 is like bro r4 just got his head cut off and he goes oh dear in episode three <laughs> i just rewatched that one that was the last one i saw so that's why it's fresh in my mind yeah, now but come on droids, man bro. come on r4 no obi-wan doesn't care about the droids yeah, other people yeah. do like Maybe lando yeah. apparently <laughs> uh, let's jump into Empire Strikes Back. So Empire Strikes Back to me is obviously it's following up the big Star Wars fandom, which which essentially was one of the biggest blockbusters of that time, and mm-hmm. how everyone everyone watched that movie, mm-hmm. like legit everyone was watching that movie and rewatching that movie. They were so blown away by it, mm-hmm. and the fact that following it up is like such a big task, and to do it, um, they did it in a very subversive kind of way, right? Mm-hmm. Where they literally kind of turned everything upside down and put the heroes in a scenario where they're probably going to lose and they kind of do lose, right? Mm-hmm. And especially Luke, right? Because Luke is going into a scenario where he wants to train to be a Jedi and he's trying to prove himself as much as he can to to train to be a Jedi, essentially, especially to Yoda because the whole movie is him trying to prove to Yoda that he can be a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yoda being like, no, you can't because you're, you know, you're too old or you're too angry and you're too impulsive and you're not ready to be a Jedi because Jedi has to be more than that. Um, so it's that hero's journey going into Luke's training and going into learning what it means to be a Jedi. And also the the, the philosophy of, of Yoda, which is very much, you know, like do or do not um, and how like you have to take a bigger step into your mentality and you have to learn to live in the moment and not in the future. You know, when, he's, mm-hmm. when he goes off, like, I have to stop this. And it's like, you stop this by learning your skills now and then going to stop it. Because if you go now, you're not going to learn mm-hmm. basically what it is. Um, and also, even when he says, you know, um, uh, when when Yoda lifts the uh, the X-wing out of the the swamp, mm-hmm. and Yoda says, "I don't," uh, not Yoda. Luke says, "I don't believe it," and he's like, "Yeah, that's your problem. You don't believe it. You don't believe, mm-hmm. and that's why you can't be a Jedi." 
because um, that's kind of like Yoda's like clap back to Luke. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> he drops right. his he drops his staff. He's like, yeah, boy, and drops <laughs> it. Um, but that's his like clap back is the fact that Luke is not willing to like expand his mind in order to believe the immense power of the Force and how it's literally everywhere and everything, and it's not just um, lifting rocks like. Uh, Ray says, and like Yoda, Luke says in the movie too, mm-hmm. it's like lifting rocks is one thing, but that's too much. And he's like, "Well, no, open your mind, bro. Like you can do a lot more. Right. Your third eye, bro. And I'm playing <laughs> goes eye. into uh, different things. Whereas like the rest of the movie is dealing with Han and Leia, and Han's kind of a dick in this movie too, bro. Like yeah. like rewatching, I rewatched Empire Strikes Back too, and it's one of those things where it's like the entire movie Han Solo is like kind of kind of a little too hard with Leia, you know, like grabbing her hand and like holding her and like Leia's like, let me go. And he's like, no, I'm not going to let you go. And it's like, yo, hashtag me too. (laughs) 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 Uh, It's like, yo, this doesn't hold up. Yo, 1981. (laughs) Is that when the movie came out? I mean, 1980 or 1981. Probably 80. Uh, But it's like, that's his whole arc throughout the movie. And obviously it goes into Lando and how Lando betrays him at the end. Right. He didn't expect that. but The brother stabbed him in the back. The brother stabbed him in the back. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> but it's also the fact of like Luke, not Luke, I'm sorry. Yeah, Luke going face to face with Darth Vader and realizing that he's not there and mm-hmm. subverting the expectations of like the hero's arc as far, as far as like, you killed my father. Now, what is it? Inigo Montoya's? Um, yeah. Prepare to die. die. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if, for him, it's like, no, I am your father. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how does this work now? One of the heaviest plot twists, probably in, in all, all, in all, all cinema, yeah, man, yeah. honestly. But it's that subversion as far as, like, he's going to get revenge like an Eagle Montoya. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, like, no, that is his daddy. And it's like, oh, shit, that's his dad? Like, mm-hmm. is he lying? Is he what? And it's like, no, that's his father. So how do you deal with the fact that the person that you've made your whole life to murder is your dad right mm-hmm. and it's it, the whole movie is essentially that in a nutshell it's mm-hmm. about subversion it's about realizing that the hero is probably not as cool as he thinks he is or the villain is probably not as evil as you think he is or or mm-hmm. um all these kind of subversions of expectations that star wars kind of placed beforehand it's kind of knocking them down like pins mm-hmm. i don't know if you see it that way right 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 no exactly and i mean that that plays a big part into um, what makes the the Empire Strikes Back one of the more compelling Star Wars journeys, right? Because you take you split up the characters, you send them on their individual journeys, um, and you, you you come to uh, learn and grow. Like each each character has their own kind of level of maturity that they have to um, evolve into, right? Like we have to see um, Han Solo be confronted with death and what that looks like, right? Or, or being frozen in carbonite, at least not necessarily killing them, but like frozen in carbonite. You know, we see. Um, we we see everybody coming to 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 grasp with um, with failure and with growth and growth with how failing allows these people to grow right like at the end of the day both of the like everybody fails like at the end of this movie like yeah. uh, you know uh, Luke and Luke and, you know Luke, I'm I'm sorry uh, Luke obviously he doesn't even finish his training really he just goes off and like. Does you know jumps into action with Vader and loses loses his, his hand and 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 everything and uh, you know learns that Vader's his father and then of course like uh, Han and Leia lose because uh, uh, Han's uh, frozen Han, in carbonite. Han is frozen yeah um, they barely make and, it out and, alive. and taken to Jabba too taken to Jabba yeah yeah, yeah. so he's done basically yeah, yeah exactly so 
uh, I think that's probably the biggest thing. And I mean, that's where I mean, we could kind of I guess when we talk about the original trilogy, we can even kind of mix in the newer stuff, too. Right. I mean, because that's kind of what the whole idea of The Last Jedi is, too. Right. Like failure, like all these multiple plans just failing left and right. Um, and really, you look at these. You know, you look at the old trilogy, you look at the new trilogy. I know people say, oh, they're not the, you know, a lot of people say they're the same thing, but they kind of are. Like, beat for beat, they're essentially the same kind of um, stories. Like, at the end of the day, uh, you know, particularly, you know, Force Awakens and The New Hope are very similar, but even Last Jedi and Empire are very similar in a lot of the same ways, too, that, you know, we just aren't, you know, are a little less obvious than the, than the Force Awakens, I feel like. But the whole idea of a failure, the whole idea of, um, people losing out and barely escaping by like the by by the by the edge at the end of it is something that resonates a lot with uh, with you know, with these with these new films and also like trying to remedy that fact too at the end right. of the movie right because the whole point of the end of the movie is to like let's fix what we just broke mm-hmm. right and trying to fix what you just broke is a part of life kind of thing right and it's right, a part right, right. of a process and it's a part of I guess in this case war right 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 it's a part right. of war like you you make a mistake you learn from it and then you try to fix it in the next one mm-hmm. and the next one it's Return of the Jedi. <laughs> right, 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 right. But that, that's kind of the whole point of, 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 of The Empire Strikes Back is showing how things that are broken can be fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, you're right, even in The Last Jedi because it literally has Luke's broken lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, all of The Last Jedi, I feel like, is kind of beat for beat. The training. I wouldn't say beat. The, well, you're right. The training. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I'd say beat for beat. Yeah. Like, pretty much. I mean, I don't. Uh, because what happens in, in in Empire Strikes Back? I mean, they they. You're uh, right. That is a good point. Because then Benicio del Toro is kind of Lando. He, he's Lando, exactly. Casino uh, uh, you know, Bite is is Cloud City. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole. I mean, they they flip it a little bit. They put the Hoff thing, the Hoff imagery from the beginning of the movie. They kind of, or even the Battle of Hoff, right? Like yeah. the Battle of Hoff, the same same kind of except it's salt, not snow, but yeah. it's still the same thing with the ATATs too. Yeah, so. My favorite line in the Last Jedi. It's salt. Yeah. <laughs> it's like thanks, man. Thank, <laughs> thanks, thank bro. You. Thanks for indicating. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> you saved Star Wars. Nice. So nice. Um, so yeah, that's definitely that's you know. So I mean, that's why. I mean, they they sent they share very similar kind of point. thematic thematic connections and uh, 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 and like I said, the idea of failure, the idea of like resurrection too. I mean, I kind of feel like that's the whole idea behind Ghost Leia is kind of similar to ghost. not similar but but like but but you know we see ghost ghost uh ghost obi-wan oh ghost obi-wan yeah yeah, yeah. that's it ghost what i say originally ghost leia oh, i'm sorry i meant ghost yoda ghost yeah. yoda ghost yoda and um and and ghost obi-wan right that's yeah. where we see i mean those i mean those are very minor similar similarities but the beat to beat i think the last jedi and and empire does it i think the difference with empire and last jedi is like what it's like the the quality of those subversions, right? Like, and the Last Jedi, a lot of this stuff just kind of feels out of nowhere, sure, and to be assumed, like you know, and and I think that's where the film kind of loses it. Whereas I feel like Empire um, understands the stakes, understands the mythology, and kind of and stream streamlines it down because I think that's where the main difference is. Where I feel like and. The Last Jedi, for a lot of it, there's three different storylines, right? There's the Finn and Rose, and then there's Poe the po and uh, po Holden. Holden and Luke and... Luke well, Holdo, and, right? Holdo? Hodo, or? yeah. Hodo? Or Holdo. Holdo. Hodo. And, um, and, and Luke and, and Rey. The, that's three storylines. and Luke, Rey, and kylo Luke, Rey, and Kylo-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then, really, we watch Empire, you watch Empire Strikes Back, it's really just two storylines, right? Like Han... 
Han and, and Leia, Leia and Luke and, and Yoda. So, like, that's where I think that they got a little muddled. Kind of three with Vader looking for Luke. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. But yeah. yeah, you're right. Mainly two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you get to understand these people a lot more, whereas I feel like The Last Jedi, I really didn't get to understand anybody. Yeah. Really well, more. specifically the besides besides Ray, I think. I, I think and Finn, and, Finn and Finn and specifically Finn and Rose. Yeah, yeah. Opinion. Finn and Rose and my opinion, much. guys. Yeah. I, I feel like we did get pretty good with with not necessarily Luke, but with Ray, I think we got a lot more, and I think with Kylo, we definitely got way more. Yeah, in my opinion. Well, we learned a lot more about Luke's past before the the, the whole thirty year gap. Sure. We learned a lot about that, you know, yeah. and I think that's that's important. And I think that was why overall the movie kind of worked for me whereas like everything in Cancito Bite or Canto Bite sorry mm-hmm. just didn't work for me at no, all no not at all yeah and yeah. it's also the humor too because I, I feel like I really have to talk about this because I feel like this is important is the fact that if you really think about it I'm gonna get a lot of pushback for this but everyone regards Empire Strikes Back as the greatest Star Wars movie of all time fairly so because it probably is mm-hmm. it's the most competently written star wars movie it's probably the best directed star wars movie mm-hmm. it's probably the best acted star wars movie it has probably the better themes in the movie mm-hmm. like overall it probably is the best star wars movie um one of the reasons why i believe currently and this is another thing that i'm going to step on people's toes but i told you about this two weeks ago when we talked about deadpool 2 mm-hmm. and also when i talked about the last jedi i feel like star wars makes or breaks it and this is one of the biggest themes in the, in the prequels too which we're about to jump into is humor Mm-hmm. The last, not the last Jedi. The Empire Strikes Back is the least humorous Star Wars movie. Really rewatching it, I mm-hmm. really believe that. Mm-hmm. The only type of humor you get in the movie is C3PO kind of cracking shit yeah. at Han Solo, being like, Han Solo, the hyperdrive. But it's not even that like wild or wacky mm-hmm. versus the prequels having Jar Jar in episode mm-hmm. one. And then in episode two, having like ridiculous things happen with, with uh, the, the droids, G- the droids yeah, and the Geonosis. Yeah, and yeah. the conveyor belt, right? That, yeah. that shit's so stupid. And then in episode three, it's the droids having the wacky voice and having all like the humor just doesn't hit. Mm-hmm. And then in in the Last Jedi, uh, it's it's you know the 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 humor just doesn't hit for me either. None it of just, it. None, none of it. it. And there's a there's a lot of it. If people really rewatch it, there's a ton of humor that just doesn't hit. The Canto Bite humor is awful in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really do feel like the reason one of the one of the reasons that people besides the well written besides the well directed besides the well acted, one of the reasons why the, the Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie is because it's the least humorous Star Wars movie. I'm sorry guys, but it's true. Like stop putting silly poopy jokes into Star Wars and maybe <laughs> you will make a better Star Wars or, or silly pork jokes. Sorry for anyone who loves porks, but it's silly. It's like we don't need this. Yeah. You'll sell toys no matter what. And it proves that by making probably the best quality Star Wars movie, and it's the least humorous Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, mean, respect, I don't know if you agree with that, but still, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's still a little humor in there, but there it's is, not. But, but, but it, it's C3PO being like, yeah. you know, you have 174 chances to watch. Shut up, C3PO. Like that's kind of it. It takes itself very seriously. Yeah, and, I think that's and then obviously C three PO getting split apart, and that like that's the only humor in the movie. Like mm-hmm. re- I just rewatched it like a couple days ago, so for me, I'm like. That's kind of why it works. Right. It's because right. you're taking your shit seriously. Right. You're right. doing your shit mm-hmm. versus like stuff like The Last Jedi with like this guy putting coins into BBA. And I'm like, why? <laughs> or, uh, man, what was that one? Uh, the, the fucking mom joke at the beginning of that. The mom Jedi. joke. Or, or Hux. Hux yeah. in general. I'm like, this isn't funny, man. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> or even everything George does in the prequels. Like, yeah. it just doesn't hit. It just doesn't hit. Yeah. Like, stop doing that and maybe you'll make a better Star Wars movie. Yeah. Sorry, I just feel that way. Because yeah. I feel like humor is so subjective that it, it can make or break a movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. The Empire Strikes Back to me works on so many levels, but that's another reason why a lot of people 
I feel like a lot of people don't talk about that. Right, that it right. hardly has any humor. Right, 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 right. I mean, it, the, the material is, is so serious. And, you know, I think that's, you know, we talked about how uh, the first one was kind of like an analogy for World War II. I think this one's more of a commentary on the Cold War, right? There's Where there's like not a lot of action, but it's a lot of blockading. It's a lot of like threatening. I'm going to shoot you if you don't, if you shoot first. Like who's going to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, how, how the whole empire and rebellion war kind of sparks is this or, or battle kind of sparks is mainly because uh it's like they there is it's, it, i don't know just the way the way the imagery is like the surrounding kind of towering presence over like this small like rebellion force like trying to you know uh trying trying to trying to defend their their blockage i mean that's really what like the kind of that's like if if, if the cold war really did explode into something more than just being uh like you know talk and like you know you know what i mean like, like the cuba missile crisis right right exactly that's exactly why yeah yeah exactly like how yeah. that would have ended if that was that was and then and, and of course like that's what each each movie kind of represents right like the the first like I said World War Two and this one like the division within uh, like the kind of go- the government corporatized side of the uh, of of the wars and then of course and we see in the last and Return yeah, of the Jedi yeah let's jump into Return of the Jedi yeah Return of the Jedi much more of like we mentioned before the Vietnam the Vietnam War and and that's something that George Lucas feels very passionately about again like I said he was originally going to direct Apocalypse Now before uh, Francis Ford Coppola took over so he's you know Vietnam is something that very much affected George Lucas and his perspective on like life and, and stuff like that so um, it's just fascinating how the, they're called Star Wars for that reason. Like they're supposed to evoke the feeling of wars, of actual, of actual war. wars. Correct. Yeah. yeah, just in space. You yeah. Know, so yeah, it's the idea of like the the Ewoks representing the Vietnamese, like you just said, mm-hmm, in their mm-hmm. own territory, mm-hmm. and how the stormtroopers represent the bigger technologically advanced mm-hmm. army. Right. Going into that environment for sure. Um. And, but it also deals with the the duality of of Luke Skywalker and how he's two sides of the same coin kind of thing mm-hmm. and how you know mm-hmm. the the idea of like a like a dark knight thing where it's like one push kind of brings him into the dark side mm-hmm. versus not you know gravity the, the yeah. whole idea, the whole speech that Joker gives to to Batman at the end of the dark knight mm-hmm. where it's like all it takes is a little push for for insanity or whatever right, right, madness right. uh cuz madness is like gravity and that's the same idea of like the the coin of of Harvey Dent is like the coin of, of Luke Skywalker of like dark side, light side, dark side, light side. It's basically the same thing. It's very thinly, um, you know, subdued because it's the whole yin and yang. It's the whole balance of the force kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's also about balance too, right? And mm-hmm. I, we'll get more into that in the prequels because I feel like the prequels kind of talks about that as well. But it's the idea of like, uh, 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 damn it, Game of Thrones reference. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jamie Lannister's line, where 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 Catelyn Stark calls her calls him the most like uh, unloyal knight or something because he doesn't fo- follow the vows, mm. and J- and Jamie Lannister responds by saying, "What if your what if your vows of a knight are to follow the king, and the king hates your father, but your vows is to honor your father and respect your father, but the your king the king wants to kill your father? It's mm-hmm. like all these vows you take are con- contradicting each other, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's that mentality of like." If I kill my father, am I the same person as my father? If I join my father, am I this? You see what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. it's the idea of like your 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 honor to your blood, to your family can be the thing that destroys you or it can be the thing that liberates your, your father, right? Because mm-hmm. his love for his father is eventually what liberates his, his, his father, Darth Vader, mm-hmm. to killing the emperor and to kind of destroying the dark side and destroying the empire mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as we 
thought because the first order comes back. But right. as we think, right? Because it's that whole mentality of like joining my dad into the dark side might be worse if I kill my dad is I'm actually joining him that way. Right. Versus if I try to save my dad, I'm actually saving the empire and, and believing that there's hope, believing that there's still light inside a person that seems so dark. Right, 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 right. And I mean, that's, I mean, that's, the biggest thing here uh, in terms of the fa- family dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. Like forgiveness, right? Like how can you, can you forgive your father for, you know, potentially, you know, killing your mentor and, and, and really ravaging war on, on, the, <laughs> on the, all entire world. Yeah. <laughs> the, the entire galaxy? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, so it's very personal in the sense that it's, it's about that, that connection. Like you said, the balance and stuff like that. And that's a constant theme throughout Star Wars, right? Like family. You said, right, right. Family. Yeah. It, it, and that's why, we understand Leia as being the sister from this point on, right? Like that. I mean, you know, of course, it makes imp- no sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes it makes Empire a little weird when they yeah. kiss, you know. But, um, but it's is it that I mean, that's what it is, though. It, it really is like how that connection between family is, you know, kind of the same kind of connection that people have through the Force, right? Like it's it's that un seen unheard of connection that you have between between individuals right and i think that's where it really comes down to and they kind of highlight that the most in in, in return of the jedi um what i love about return of the jedi is i kind of love the opening of this movie a lot like this is probably my bet my favorite opening of any star wars movie yeah with like the 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 luke uh coming you know coming it's out the of the jabba's palace right jabba's yeah. palace that's just amazing and oh then, dude i love return of the jedi yeah 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 and it's then so we, good we see boba fett get taken out like a bitch with yeah. <laughs> with uh, catch him in the boba fett movie guys right, right. <laughs> that's kind of fun i never got why he was made out to be such this badass he character looks badass he, he looks cool but he, he got looks, t- he got taken out by his backpack that's all that matters man <laughs> if you look cool that's all that matters yeah 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 so i don't know it's just crazy uh but i love that i love that opening sequence um, and I think they really set the tone for like the pace of it. And I know, I know, for example, like a lot of people, like JT doesn't really, really like this movie. I at know, all. and it's it's my favorite Star Wars movie. So uh, it's was really your favorite. Okay, yeah. so I like it a lot too. Uh, why do you why 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 is that? Why why do you think it divides people? Because this is this is the beginning. And again, I go back to it. Obviously, people disagree with me, but this is the beginning of the George Lucas insert jokes. Mm-hmm. The Ewoks are silly as a hell. Mm-hmm. They're so silly. I agree, yeah. But he but George Lucas loves silly, man. He loves them silly. And mm-hmm. that's that's kind of the introduction to that. Mm-hmm. And it's also like the idea of Jabba's Palace being like some crazy weird lounge shit that goes down or like right. slave Leia and all that stuff that happens. Like people mm-hmm. don't care for that stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I, I don't I don't I like it. I think it's cool and I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. And I think the Ewoks works within the Star Wars universe. So mm-hmm. I mean they're silly, I agree with that. But I feel like that's probably this is the real beginning of like the silliness the of jar jars the, the the kind of getting close to that level of like how silly not funny, not humorous, but silly. Mm-hmm. Kind of how that's gonna be. But I, I still love Return of the Jedi and I, I, I fully, you know, agree that Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie, but I'm talking about my favorite. Mm. This is probably my favorite one. But at the same time, it's one of those things where the what I was talking to you about, the whole Luke and Vader thing, mm. to me, is it just car- takes the whole movie and carries it yeah. to the finish line. It amplifies it. It yeah. just it just makes it to me the, the the best one because of how good that stuff is. I mean, the ending is incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. It's so good. Like the face off between the emperor, the realizing of the emperor, mm-hmm. the, the 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 freaking force lightning when he's, he's like father and he's getting burned by mm-hmm. the force lightning. Mm-hmm. Darth Vader contemplating what he's going to do. Like, all that shit to me is like, this is me as a kid freaking crying my eyes out and being like, ah, 
ah, Vader, Luke, uh, they're both wearing black. Uh, <laughs> black. I mean, that also shows like the unifying kind of connection between them too. Yes. Right? Like, and how the they both have the metal hand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The metal freaking mechanical black hand. That he mm-hmm. has a black glove that he wears around it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's and, that connection that he has with his father. He's like, oh shit, I'm the same thing. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I mean, that's... I, that, that makes the movie for me. Right, right, right. I mean, to me, that, that whole ending, just the score, like... Uh, when 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 Luke is attacking, I'm like, da, 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 da. like I don't know. To me, that was like very 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 amazing. Um, but yeah, so I I, I think the last I, I I love Return to Jedi as well. I think it's it goes I, for me. It's probably my third favorite. I mean, a, a lot of people will say it's their third favorite. But sure. Like, uh, for me, I probably rank it third as my list of like best Star Wars movies. Sure. But I definitely I I love. Uh, to me, the best parts are the beginning and the end. That's where I feel is the most fleshed out, the most like. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, a lot of people say. I mean, hey, a lot of people think that like Lucas really like ghost directed this one uh, <laughs> too. So really, I don't know. Uh, but I, the middle section, though, I'm a little shaky on. It I, is. I don't know. So with Lando, I don't know what. How does you know? It, it kind of feels like it was like a, a little bit of a departure from what we saw in. And Empire Strikes Back with the Lando character in particular, because it just kind of felt like, oh, he's back to being the good guy again. You know, he's going to help them out. Um, but I guess it worked to like define him as he is now. But I think he just felt so bad about what he did. Right, right, <laughs> he's like, right. shit, I made a mistake. Shit, I'm so sorry. I'm going to make up for it. I swear. Yeah. That, that kind of thing. Okay, I feel that. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Return to Jedi, you know, yeah. it was the end of an era for a lot of people back in the 1980s. Star fandom, you know, Star, Star Wars fandom uh, for. Uh, so I don't know. They they had a what sixteen year break between Return to Jedi and Phantom Menace, mm-hmm, um, so mm-hmm. which ultimately lands us into the prequel era. And the prequel of, uh, era comes to us now, guys. Yeah. So we hear the announcement that George Lucas is making the prequels. That it's going to be the origin story of Darth Vader. It's going to be Darth Vader before he was Darth Vader when he was a Jedi. Um, but he starts out interestingly enough when Darth Vader was a child. Which to me was a kind of a curious decision, and by curious I mean weird. Yeah, um, it's a weird decision to do. Um, are you an angel? Um, never mind. No, I'm just going to quote Phantom Menace. Um, so yeah, I mean, I can I can talk a little bit about my introduction to Phantom Menace, watching it opening night when I was eight years old, 1999 midnight. 1999. I was midnight because yeah, back in the day, opening meant like midnight, yeah, <laughs> not 7 p.m. Not 7 p.m. Because <laughs> <laughs> back in the day, it was it was midnight, and mm-hmm. I was losing my shit. Mm-hmm. This to me was like. A giant ice cream cake with pizza on the side. Mm-hmm. This was like, I loved it so much, man. Like yeah. I remember watching this movie and having that experience of like feeling so much joy mm-hmm. and like, like all oh, these guys are lightsaber battle and that third act and the Darth Maul. I talked about it last week when I when Darth Maul and the doors open and the duel of the fate starts. Mm-hmm. The da, 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 da. And then Dar- we see the hood and he pulls up his hood and he looks up and then it's like we'll handle this and it's like. Freaking out as a kid, freaking out. Um, but looking it back, it's funny because I rewatched all the prequels, mm-hmm. um, and it's very interesting to see what George Lucas chose to do. And I feel like specifically with the Phantom Menace, there was something there. Um, I apologize because I I definitely think we're gonna agree disagree. I'm sorry on a lot of things when it comes to the prequels, um, but I feel like this one felt like the most, the better the better attempt of Lucas trying to get something that was going to work. That's my opinion. I, I think this was the one where he's like, I, I think I got something going here. Like he's getting the swing of things and he starts swinging. And then when Attack of the Clones comes by, it kind of loses his swing completely. But I feel like 
overall, this movie kind of deals with the good and the bad of what Lucas was trying to accomplish. Obviously, it comes with a very political um, mm-hmm. story. The very most political. incredibly political. Yeah. Like people don't understand how political this one was. Um, the entire movie is it, it's one of the funniest opening credits because it's like trade federation the trade federation is, yeah. is currently outside the naboo system with a blockade yeah. um uh waiting for a peace treaty to be signed by the queen amidala who's i i don't remember all this but this is basically yeah. the introduction uh chancellor valorum has sent two uh secret ambassadors who are jedis to uh settle this dispute into the trade federation and it's like, what the frick is going on? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what the hell is it's going like on? It's like fucking political talk. Yeah, and it's like, that. what? Trade yeah. Federation blockades, peace treaty signed to end dispute right. of, of what? What is happening? Viceroy Gunray. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so funny to see like how gibberish that George Lucas was talking inside these <laughs> prequel movies. But at the same time, rewatching it, I kind of enjoy that shit. I love political shit, and yeah. I think it's kind of fun. But it but it starts out with um, how many switch and reverses this happens. But the Trade Federation um, have joined forces with a Dark Lord in order to start Sidious, um, and he has an apprentice named Darth Maul, who is in, in order to go to Naboo to, to join with the Trade Federation. And then they're trying to get a peace treaty to be signed by Queen Amidala, which will let the forces of the Trade Federation enter into Naboo, which is basically their battle droids, their military, to enter into Naboo and basically take over Naboo as a as like a stronghold, as like a like a like they're uh, trying to take over yeah. the, the the resources and the power of Naboo, kind of thing. Right, right. And how Sidious is trying to mingle into that, and at the same time, he's whispering into Queen Amidala's ear, into uh, vote uh, give a vote of no confidence to Chancellor Valorum because Chancellor Valorum wants to look into the matter. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this because I, I just rewatched the the Phantom Menace a, a couple of days ago, but but he he says that I I Valorum says. I want to look into your claims of battle and of war and of a, of a military entering into your planet. I have to look into this. Will you permit me to look into this? He says this in the Senate meeting. And Amidala says, no, I won't permit you to look into this. We need military action now. Like, we need action now. And it's all about military action. It's all about um, jumping into war right away. It's mm-hmm. all about security. And how the chancellor says him giving a waiting period and him wanting to deliberate more is a, is a political bureaucratic, he calls it. It's like bureaucrats whispering in his ear mm-hmm. to give a very political response right. versus if you give a vote of no confidence, basically saying, push the chancellor out of power mm-hmm. and give it to someone else who's much more assertive and much more affirmative when it comes to uh, military action, when it comes to being much more uh, defensive and much more passionate about security and militarization. Mm-hmm. A, a chancellor that would give that more power, referring to himself, right? Mm-hmm. Because he wants to give more military power to himself. And then she does that and says, I give a vote of no confidence to Valorum. The vote settles in, and then they give the vote to Chancellor Palpatine, who mm-hmm. obviously is the emperor. But this is all the, basically they should call this the prequel of the emperor, right? Because yeah. this is how the emperor gets power. Mm-hmm. But it's all this political mumbo jumbo to talk about how the emperor can use democracy right. to nationalize 
this is very relevant nowadays too, to nationalize himself, to be like, I'm security, I'm affirmative action, I'm all about the military, I'm all about power, I'm all about rescuing people with 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 pure action and with guns let's do this shit mm -hmm. that's how the chancellor views it and amadala views that as like yeah this is what we need right now because because mm -hmm. my people are about to be invaded mm -hmm. and how that's how he takes that power mm -hmm. and uses that to basically obviously we'll see that in attack of the clones and revenge of the sith how he uses that to amplify himself mm -hmm. but that's that's what the movie is about yeah this is ridiculous right, 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 <laughs> like right. you imagine putting this in a child's movie right, right. <laughs> what next to jar jar binks like stepping in poop yeah. and 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 a, a little horse animal farting on him in right. Tatooine. Uh, th 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 that's why this movie fails, in my opinion. Yeah, it's to, because of, of the silliness. To, to be honest, bro, you, you sat here and you described this whole thing for 10 minutes. I still don't know what happened. <laughs> Any other thing. That's because it's kind of poorly... <laughs> it's it's very poor exposition. I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. you got to like squint your eyes as hard as you yeah. can. No, but but, but, that, but that tell, tell me life. what you think about this movie, kind of looking back at it and, and rewatch. I don't know if you rewatched it, but like yeah. looking back at it. Well, no, I did... I did definitely did read up on a lot of politics that this movie was talking about and you're right like that that the whole trade for that's something that's used very commonly in like american politics too by the way like to play on both sides of the coin like to be like oh let's go to war like let's let's get the war started but also talk to the people you're going to war with and be like hey if we get this going you know they'll start arming rebels and shit like that so like to overthrow the power and that's what he ultimately does right he's, he's overthrowing he's trying to overthrow the power of queen amadawa and all this stuff so. yeah but he's trying to trying to stir up the other side right. to get them to poke the bear and right. when the bear gets poked he can be like yo you poke the bear and mm. then slap him with the, with the bear right right right, right right that whole analogy i just messed up but right. basically what i'm saying is like i i start poking you mm -hmm. and, and and i started saying hey man he talks shit and he's like you talk shit bro mm -hmm. and then i go on your side and be like yo he's he's fighting you man you see what i'm saying mm -hmm. like i'm literally mm -hmm. playing both sides mm -hmm. by stirring you up mm -hmm. to get to fight him and then when you start fighting him i join his side and be like yo why are you fighting him bro yeah yeah that's what the chancellor does exactly. <laughs> throughout the whole movie throughout the whole trilogy basically right 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 yeah right. yeah so it's just super fascinating how um, they play into that, right? Yeah. They play into the into the dual size of yeah. like how somebody could come to power without having necessarily, you know what I mean? So it's super fascinating, and and you know, Lucas really really went off the edge and like not off the edge, but like he really went deep into understanding what politics were in real life and how he could that could be applicable here. I mean, that's kind of the whole thing with the Black Cage is a real thing that was happening during like the Gulf War time period, right? Yeah. Like there was they they're occupying what was it like the Gulf the Gulf uh you know or, or whatever and like they're they're they 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 were I mean I don't know the whole specifics of that whole thing, but that's definitely like the whole idea of um of initiating the war and pushing this war forward through uh you know through uh through action, through military action is what is what prompted us into um, going from the Gulf War and immediately jumping into the war on terror, right? The, yeah. The, and how our whole push of like, we have to get a strong leader, we have to fight back against this, and going above congressional approval. And then we see that in, we see that in Attack of the Clones too, yeah. right? Like how he initiates the clone army to go out and fight um, without having the approval of the rest of the, of the rest of the, was it the council? Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, I mean, that's what essentially what it is. You know, when 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 Bush signed that whole thing of 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 
of not needing uh, congressional approval for military action when it comes to fighting um, Al Qaeda. Uh, that's that's essentially what it was, and yeah. then, and then that's how that kind of power trip could, could ultimately lead to. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And, and this this whole we'll, we'll talk about the tril- I mean the Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith more, but once right. we get into Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, it's pretty much exactly the Bush administration, right, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> which right. a lot of people don't understand because they right. choose to ignore that fact. But right. that you literally see this, and you're like, all right, I get what you're saying. <laughs> right, right. But for the Phantom Menace, what 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 eventually um what eventually falls flat in my opinion is the humor and is the silliness of it it's jar jar binks guys come on let's face it it's jar jar yeah. binks yeah, jar but jar. but the fact is i mean it's george attempting to give children something to cater to in the middle of all this political mumble jumble is basically what it is it's george being like oh this is kind of a lot maybe i should add a character who who talks funny and who steps in poop and who goes blah blah misa blah yeah. and kids will laugh and it's like you don't need that you don't trust me kids will cater to Obi Wan kids will cater to Qui Gon Jinn mm-hmm. kids will find their characters they will they will like someone like me I liked Darth Maul <laughs> right, right. and I think this movie delivers on giving like I said last episode uh, the greatest lightsaber duel of all time in any Star Wars movie in my opinion my opinion guys obviously a lot of people say Empire Strikes Back but I say this one. Because it gives us the idea, and, and also Lucas talks about this too, but the idea of like uh, uh, the other, the idea of like th- this weird, bizarre, demonoid creature mm-hmm. type who's super silent and who has, who, whose lightsaber is so bizarre that it has two blades. The fact that he's fighting with a bow staff, the mm-hmm. fact that he's uh, a ninja, basically, the fact mm-hmm. that he's wearing all black, the fact that he has horns, makes him look so menacing and makes him have this sense of like... Uh, a cultural outsider is basically what he represents too because he's so bizarre in his in his fighting method because he's so quick but but I loved him right away and I catered towards him like immensely which is obviously another reason why I freaked out in solo but uh but it's one of those things where for me that's that's another great thing about the Phantom Menace that a lot of people don't talk about and he is actually the Phantom Menace right or it could be Palpatine as well the Phantom Menace mm-hmm. um, I told you that is Palpatine Palpatine yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think it's both in my opinion but it's one of those things where where you can you know debate which one it is but yeah you're probably right it's probably Phantom I mean it's probably Palpatine but it's one of those things where having Darth Maul kind of represent that 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 culmination of what a Sith is because we heard about it so much but mm-hmm. what does it actually represent it's all this weird intense rage power that we see kill Liam Neeson <laughs> which eventually doesn't work out and it's so funny how the end of the movie man I'm telling you man when 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 Queen Amidala does a whole switcheroo mm-hmm. shout out to Kira Knightley who plays uh Queen Amidala right, right, and then right, and then the, Padme the, comes out and he's yeah. like I'm Padme and then Boss Nass um Shout out to Boss Nass too. Though, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> that's another thing that it's like, come on, bro, why you got to put that in the movie? Uh, but uh, it's also one of those things where she, where, when she gives the plan, it's so funny, dude. Uh-huh. That scene is pretty funny because she literally says something like, um, she's like. I got a plan. Me and Captain Panaka are gonna go up and capture the Viceroy with our with our small guards using just us five, and you two Jedi can join us. Meanwhile, the Gungans are gonna fight off the droids and try to hold them off, while a few of our ships go off and fly. And I'm like, whoa, 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 yeah. <laughs> slow down, slow down. What are we doing here? Right. And it's so fast, and it's so like mm-hmm. George Lucas. <laughs> right, 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 right. That it's pretty funny to see how the ending of the movie is basically like the switcheroo that they pull on Viceroy and how they trap Viceroy and then kill Darth Maul because he's the biggest threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Obi-Wan kills him. 
um, and then they settle into Naboo and 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 uh, push off the Trade Federation from invading, kind of thing, mm-hmm. through using the Gungans and using uh, the power of Obi Wan Kenobi guys. Obi-Wan. But it's it's funny seeing that kind of thing, kind of jump into more of of, of Lucas's crazy, ridiculous writing, yeah, being like so yeah. much mumbo jumbo, and then yeah. it's like, yo, slow down, slow down, yeah, what is going on? You're 16 years old, like freaking yeah. <laughs> Queen Amidala is like 16 in this movie, yeah. Um, which is another funny thing too when she's like are you an angel i'm gonna keep quoting that yeah <laughs> it's like chill fam you're eight i'm 16 chill that's your future wife you're talking to man oh shoot i know it's crazy yeah, thinking about that right wild, yeah. like rewatching that i rewatched it thinking about that i was like oh that's your wife bro yeah, when, she, when she was 18 he was 10 oh no 16 oh and i'll be like he's eight like in phantom minutes how old is he in phantom minutes i think he's that's a good point. How old is he in Phantom Menace? Like, it's like, ten, you're right, 10. Yeah. 10. Um, yeah. It's, just, it's just weird. Uh, it's weird. It's so weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. So it's just crazy how, how you know, they- But you they didn't have, like this movie, though. I, I didn't really like it. Nah, I mean, like, yeah. it is, it is kind of cheesy, bro. Like, I mean, like, the when I saw this, the 3D release, it was just like, it was just too much for me. Like, it was yeah. too crazy. And then, like- I, I do wish like the the political the political stuff is interesting. I just wish it would have been shot better and like delivered a lot better too. Because it's very much like people standing in semicircles like <laughs> talking about shit that I don't really you know like I, I wish it would have been it, it would have been interesting. Feels like a House of Cards type deal like yeah. some real you know what I mean like some real like intrigue political type stuff but done in like a really cool like Star Warsy way. But I don't know. It just felt like people talking to each other about it and like I wish you know maybe if they would have shown the the black or shown it from like the the soldier from the foot perspective right like if that would have been a, a much more interesting thing i feel like too like of, of exploring it that way but i mean we we do end up seeing like a lot of the war stuff right in the next one so yeah let's uh, jump into attack of the clones um so attack of the clones go, go ahead and finish your thought yeah no i mean attack of the clones is the one where we see the whole fight break out the whole the whole shebang of like the the, the plan coming to a head the chaos beginning to arise it, uh, this is another one that's pretty 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 jumbled as far oh as exposition. yeah well, this is my this is my least favorite this, is by this far might my be least my favorite. least favorite yeah the only, i only i only consider this it's tough it's tough putting least favorites to me in my opinion because i enjoy the prequels and i and i watch this sometimes i have to take off my nostalgia glasses mm. which are like kind of permanently attached to my face sometimes <laughs> uh, i have just like oh i can't take them off or they're like nostalgia goggles and i'm like trying to pull it off because yeah. they're so tightly around my face yeah. um but I, I had to take them off and i had to like realize that at the end of the day man this movie's rough <laughs> yeah oh, the, the reason why it's rough though in my opinion isn't the political sh- i kind of like the political shit in this movie the reason why it's rough for me is oh my god that love story <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. holy shit yeah. the writing in this movie is probably some of the worst dialogue in like any love love story any love story right maybe not any movie but love story holy shit it's like you're just like i dreamed about in my dreams (laughs) how do i react i just i just fucking saw you like five minutes ago bro i don't want to hear this shit and it's like stop looking at me like that why looking at you how and it's like bro bro chill fam chill like literally i rewatched this movie and i'm talking back to the screen because i rewatched it by myself Mm -hmm. Rewatching it, the whole movie I'm talking back to Anakin, and I'm like, 
chill the f out fam <laughs> he's literally like like freaking rape eyes with her yeah. and like talking about how like you're just like i dreamed about <laughs> now look at me the same way i look at you and it's like yo chill or when they're walking up to uh to the naboo um the i hate sand part yeah, yeah and he yeah. talks about like i hate sand part but right right after that he starts like fucking like rubbing her his hands all <laughs> over her back like her bare back <laughs> and he's like rubbing her back <laughs> and i'm like you you just met her once again after 10 years mm. like two days ago <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you're rubbing your hands on her back yeah yeah. this is awful this is so bad <laughs> like it's and then obviously it culminates into and it's literally like cutback mm-hmm. the wipes in this movie are awful awful you know what i mean by wipes yeah, right the yeah. little wipes because mm-hmm. it wipes to like obi-wan researching camino yeah but then it wipes back to like uh freaking anakin saying the weirdest shit i've ever heard yeah, yeah like yeah, weird yeah. ass shit <laughs> and then it obviously culminates into that beautiful scene of Padme wearing that weird choker dress. Um, <laughs> it's super tight latex dress. And Anakin sitting over the fire, talking about how much they're in love, even though they just saw each other three days ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I could wish away my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what is that? What is that line? Yeah. Oh, my That's God. Crazy. It's so bad. It's yeah. so bad. Yeah, this this dialogue is pretty pretty rough yeah yeah pretty rough oh no no no. the worst is is when um when they get captured on geonosis and then they talk to each other right before they get right right before they go out into the arena Mm -hmm. and he's and he's talking to her and he's like and she's like i'm not afraid of dying he's like oh yeah don't be afraid he's like she's like i'm not afraid of dying and then she pauses and she's like i've been dying every day because I'm dying to be in love with you. And I was like, no! <laughs> no, no! And then she's like, I'm in love with you. And he's like, what did you say? She says, I'm in love with you. And he's like, I thought I thought we weren't supposed to be in love. And I was like, no, no, George! And I'm like yelling out his name. George! George, what are you doing? George, what are you doing, buddy? Buddy, George, buddy! It's so bad, dude. Yeah. It's That's why this movie, like like face plants like 20 times and it's also the acting is like oof yeah like the acting in, in phantom menace is stiff like mm. it's really stiff and it's like well this is awkward and stiff the acting in attack of the clones by hayden and even by natalie oof yeah oof is bad it's bad yeah. it's real bad so i think that's why this movie mainly falls flat but when it comes to obi-wan's storyline obi-wan's storyline's gangster I mean, he's freaking chasing bounty hunters and shit. Yeah, I love he's the like Django Fett scene. He's Django Fett's that's my, awesome. That's my one that, favorite part of that. That movie. fight scene's dope. Yeah, that fight scene on top of the rain. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking cool, that's my man. Favorite. That's that's the one scene in this movie that Django really Fett like. was like my shit as a kid. I I was obsessed with Django Fett. I had the Slave One, the Django Fett Slave One. Mm-hmm. I had the Django Fett action figure with the removable helmet. So you could see Tamora Morrison playing Django Fett. Mm-hmm. Um, like I had all the Django Fett stuff. Like I was obsessed. Obviously, I was obsessed with Obi Wan too. And I thought their fight back and forth and they're chasing each other mm-hmm. was badass. And the fact that let's get into the political shit now. How it's basically the Trade Federation has joined in with the Techno Union Army, has joined in with uh, Count Dooku, has joined in with the Banking Clan to make a bigger federation that is building a bigger, better droid army. Uh, and then the senate finds out about this the republic finds out about this Mm. and they kind of take that as a threat and they're like yo this is a threat to us and at the same time obi-wan is finding out that count dooku 
was the one who got who joined in with the Trade Federation, mm-hmm. but at the same time got Jango Fett to create the clone army in order for Palpatine to already have cards in motion for an army yeah. preparing for the eventual Senate vote because he knows the Senate is going to vote in his favor, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. basically the creation of an army and the threat of another army right, kind of thing. Right, That's right. the politicization of it, right? right, right Which right. is very much like... American politics, American politics, where we actually find we find uh, re- re- uh, rebels, re- rebels and rebellions that a lot of times are actually fighting our same guys. Yep. <laughs> you look into some of the people that the United States military are funding, um, particularly like the 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 the, uh, the jihadist re- rebels or whatever. Like they're literally um, offsets of Al Qaeda and ISIS, and we're fighting ISIS. <laughs> like we're funding them too. So the, the reason why they fund rebels is obviously to overthrow governments, other governments. That's why they build. That's why a trade federation is building like this army to like overthrow have, the republic. Right, overthrow the republic. Public, right yeah but then like you know and but then the republic sees it as uh as a pop was was it is this sidious or palpatine, palpatine. Call it? okay so but with, he has the same thing but yeah. it's but, it, but, but he's palpatine in the senate he's sidious in the sheets oh he's oh shit <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean oh, he's pal- he's palpatine when he's talking to his friends and right he's right. sidious when he's talking to dooku right 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 yeah. right 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 well, but it's one of those things where where you're right it's one of those things where it's it's like i have the 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 the, the authority i have the heavy this is the the famous like misa give emergency power was to the supreme chancellor mm-hmm. like jar jar bing's famous line right. um where basically it gives him the emergency powers in order to counter a threat mm-hmm. quote unquote threat because it's not a threat yet necessarily mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but they're considered a threat mm-hmm. to build an army mm-hmm. and to give pow- more power to the chancellor to basically push the vote basically say we don't need a vote we don't need the senate to deliberate let's less deliberation more action more yeah. less deliberation more army Less deliberation, more foot soldiers, basically, mm-hmm. is what it is, which is another commentary on war itself, right? Right, right, right. Where right, it's right. people giving, giving into more uh, how a dictatorship and how nationalism kind of builds up into, like, security, security. We need more security. We need to get rid of these people who are who are against our ideals. That's mm-hmm. even a line that Chancellor says in, in Attack of the Clones. He's like, these are against our ideals and our, our, our republic and what our republic represents. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's very similar to what... A lot of people say about like the ideals of like, you know, what 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 we represent and what are what is our values kind of thing. Right, and we right. use that as like they're they're trying to uh, you know st- stomp all over our ideals. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. that's what we view that as a threat in order to build an army. Right, 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 right. right. And that's what the rest of the movie's about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he uses that as like a way to stay in power. And that's real. I mean, look, like we mentioned before, George Bush um, 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 enacted. Um, you know, for one, the Patriots Act that allowed you know surveillance, open surveillance, and all that stuff, but also the act to, of where they don't need congressional approval because they think everything that's like foreign is is a threat. Now we're living in twenty, we're living in twenty eighteen. There's no more Al Qaeda, there's no more ISIS, but yeah, we're still bombing eight different countries, yeah. <laughs> but without congressional approval because it's just become an oversight, yeah, and because our Congress is paid off by the military-industrial complex, which I think is also interesting that they include the Trade Federation. Because what I see is the Trade Federation. I don't know if this is accurate or not. It's more of like a private corporation, right? They're not like an actual like nation or, or, or sovereignty, are they? Like that's more of like a private thing, right? That I just, think so. Okay, so that's I'm an like, interesting way of putting it. Yeah. Right, right, right. So then, like they're egging on this war that helps them fund more, more that gets them more resources, that gives them more money, that allows yeah. them to put their clones on the ground 
to uh, and, and and fight and fight the republic while also gaining more control of droids it on the ground. But yeah, oh, droids, droids. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, droids. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so and but then the clone army is generated by the uh, is it the the republic? The republic. There we go. Yeah, it's so, funded by the republic. Too. Right, right, right. Yeah. And of course, and it's approved by the council. Right, right, right. At right. the I mean, at the end of the movie, obviously, at the beginning, it's not, but at the end, it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, the mm-hmm. the council fully approves it. Right, so, right, right. Because they view it as a threat. Mm-hmm, yeah, because mm-hmm. the, the the it's basically the whole concept of like. Um, how the Jedi's are being swept up into this whole thing, which also goes back to the Last Jedi. Which, funny enough, even Luke says a line about that too. Right? How the the, the Jedi kind of gave Sidious his power right. by kind of you know following his demands and following his orders and kind of following into his traps, mm-hmm. and then realizing it too late because they realized it in Revenge of the Sith, but it was too late by then. Right. Um, but yeah, essentially that is what the movie is about right which is kind of funny because it gets muddled inside the awful dialogue and then the awful acting and then the terrible lines <laughs> that yeah. freaking hayden says to to natalie portman uh it's pretty it's pretty bad in that sense for sure it's yeah it's bad it's bad but i mean it does say a lot of interesting political things for sure yeah i mean i, th- I think that's the biggest part of it i know even uh at usc uh the the big hat film guy there i mentioned him a lot drew casper He's the guy who uh, is like the highest paper press in the U.S. or something like that. Anyway, he always, he always, he's and he's the big, he's the like the film professor, right? He always, he always said Phantom Menace was like his favorite Star Wars movie because of how political it was, right? Um, I don't even. He kind of hates Star Wars, so I could totally see him. He and he's the one that teaches a Star Wars class, which is kind of weird. Um, but it's just interesting that like that that the, the politics is definitely what can be taken the most out of out of these out of these out of these trilogies of sure and of course the third one kind of references a lot of modern politics too right yeah I mean, let's let's jump into revenge of the sith i mean to be honest i i still have like a soft sp- space in my heart for attack of the clones um but at the end of the day i realize how terrible that love story is it's oh dude it's not even as bad as i, I was you should have seen my commentary this is i should do a recorded commentary on it because it's so funny i was giving commentary <laughs> while watching the 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 scenes in attack of the clones the love scenes mm-hmm. but i was giving commentary on the on the last uh on the part when they're on the grass yeah and they're talking about politics and then yeah. the, the music starts playing and they start like playing with the little creatures and yeah. they start rolling in the grass yeah, yeah. and i was like pretending that i was like george lucas directing them and he's like yeah. all right keep rolling keep rolling around you're in love you're loving each other (laughs) and i'm giving commentary on it and stuff and he's like this is great look how in love they are they're rolling on the grass (laughs) it's like no that's not how love works (laughs) and it's like uh natalie uh not not, padme is watching anakin like stand on a little horse creature and she's like laughing she's like oh my you're so silly anakin it's like oh my and it's like no this isn't how love works right it's so bad and the scene where they're rolling around (laughs) it's so cheesy yeah 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 you know what i'm talking about right yeah yeah you cut to that right now rb3 annie annie are you all right Anyways, that was just my last thing on Attack of the Clones. Is yeah, my my, my viewing experience was pretty funny. That's uh, all I'm saying. Okay, okay. But now let's go into Revenge of the Revenge Sith. Of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith is also, um, it's incredibly interesting. This was the last one I rewatched. This is probably on a, on a personal note. This is probably my personal favorite prequel movie. Um, on a on a on a 
on a technical level, I still feel like Phantom Menace had better things than any other of these prequels, and it had less love story shittiness and less Hayden Hayden Christensen acting. Um, <laughs> I love Hayden Christensen. Shout out to the prequels, but but it wasn't good. It just wasn't good. Yeah. Um, but this one might be my favorite, even though I feel like oh my god, rewatching this movie, the jump that he takes is one of the biggest leaps I've ever seen any character take ever. Which one? Anakin Skywalker. Oh. He literally goes from like, yeah, let's do this shit to like, I'm going to kill little children. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, what yeah, the yeah, f- yeah, yeah. What happened here? Yeah. 30 minutes ago, you were saving people mm-hmm. and now you're like, yeah, genocide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's kill some kids. And after you see, let's after kill you- some four year olds. Hey. It's like, yo, hey. what happened? Yo, do you, nah, man. Imagine seeing your boy fucking Mace Windu, Samuel Jackson, getting slapped around like a biatch. No, you I know, disagree one thousand percent. This is my thing. I rewatched this movie. Yeah, the biggest badass in this movie is Mace Windu. Yeah, he's a dude. He he kicks the emperor's ass. Yoda freaking struggles with the emperor. He 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 takes direction. He tells Anakin to shut his little fuckboy mouth. Like the whole movie, I was calling him fuckboy. <laughs> He's like, shut your mouth, fuckboy. Shut your mouth, sit down. He's like, how can I be on the council but not be granted master? It's never been. And literally, Mace Window cuts him off. And he's like, sit down, Skywalker. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like he, to me, is the best character in the movie. Because he, he tells everyone to shut up. He takes initiative. He takes control. And then he takes initiative. And this is what I was going to ask you, too. But I guess we can just jump to it. Mm-hmm. He takes initiative to to kill the emperor. Yeah. Do you feel like that was a mistake too? Because Anakin's whole thing was like, if you wait for a trial, he's like, wait for a trial, and he's like, he's much too dangerous to be kept alive. And I was like, fuck yeah, he is. Kill him, Mace Windu. Yeah. Me, that's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. But what do you think? Because I feel like, yeah, kill him. Yeah. I, to yeah. me, he took the most initiative. To me, he was the biggest badass, and he kicked the emperor's ass. Yeah. Because later on in the third act. Yoda couldn't beat him, yeah. but freaking Mace beat him. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, he baited him. He knew. The Emperor, I don't think he did. I actually think Mace Windu kicked his ass. I actually think Mace Windu is a better swordsman than Yoda is. Maybe not wiser, maybe not better force user, but better swordsman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he's a better swordsman than Yoda. Yeah, because yeah, he kicked the Emperor's ass, bro. Yeah. He just f- whooped him like nothing. And the Emperor was struggling too. So and he just took advantage of the moment to to take Anakin in. But mm-hmm. what do you think of the whole like much too dangerous to be kept alive versus stand trial? Yeah, I mean that's kind of I mean this is way before. Did, did Mace make a mistake? Is basically what I'm well, saying. Well, I mean, it, I mean, I guess I mean no, and I mean yes and no. I mean the, the right thing to do is always to be like stand trial. You know, you what think I mean? so? Like, though? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, but for for some cases, it's different. I mean, like you know. Uh, I don't know, man. If you meet a terrorist and he's and he's bombing, like someone well, right. shooting I up mean, someone, right, I'd, I'd be right. like, "Fuck this guy!" Right, 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 right. I mean, of, of course, in that context, he just yeah. killed your homies. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, he killed yeah. Kit Fisto. Shout out to Kit Fisto, bro, the Kit guy Fisto. with all the dreads. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? The green guy with the dreads who smiles and attacking the clones. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, bro, that was a homie, bro. He killed him in two seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what. I know. I would kill him too. You know what? Yeah, that's true. But then, but it's also very Sith of him too, because right, right beforehand we see uh, Anakin do the same thing with Dooku, mm-hmm. how he kills an unarmed opponent. Right? He's like, I right. killed an unarmed opponent, and Mace does the same thing because uh, what's his face is unarmed um, Emperor. Right, right. Did right. he? Did you think he should have waited for trial and it would have been better? I mean, no. I mean, but yes, yes and no. But then also at the same time, it's like, what's what's the morally right thing to do versus what's the best course for the action? Probably the best action. What would have probably been to like kill him, but then like at the same time, it's like um, 
or 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 from a reality standpoint, why it been better not to kill him too? So it's it's it's, it's different. I mean, it's a different. I mean, I don't know. I mean, because Mace is the leader at that moment. I was thinking about it because I literally just rewatched this guy. So sorry if I if I cut you off so much. Mm-hmm. But but Mace literally was the leader at that moment. Yoda was off on Kashyyyk. So mm-hmm. so uh, the command goes to Mace because he's second in command. Because yeah. Yoda's first in command, but uh, Yoda was on Kashyyyk. So Mace took basically an executive decision and was like, executive decision, I got to save the Jedi. <laughs> all right, all right, all I'm going to kill this motherfucker. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the whole thing of like, did, did I mean, we kind of think about it much, much later. I mean, this came much later, but like with the Bin Laden situation, right? Did, did, was it justified to kill Bin Laden? Or that's was a great, it, that good call, man. That's yeah. a great call. Keep going. Yeah. Is it justified to kill him because of his, his actions or... Does he stand trial and you know face the correct criminal justice system? Yeah, you know, so. and that that's this is I'm gonna step on people's toes too, but I think you agree with me on the whole like capture or kill thing. You know that was bullshit, right? Like I, I hope people know that even from Obama, like uh, like Obama. Um, I, I'll step on people's toes when I say this stuff, but I, I talked to my dad about it too, and it's one of those things where people assume that the idea of killing Bin Laden, and obviously you'll see Zero Dark Thirty too, was like, oh, he pulled a gun. You pulled no gun, bro. I mean, we we went in there wanting to kill Bin Laden. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. went in there trying to capture Bin Laden, bro. Yeah. We went in there trying to murder Bin Laden. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's not like oh, we were self defense. No, it wasn't self defense. It was fucking tear shit up and let's kill Bin Laden. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's a fair point. Was it like the whole like should we have gone in to capture or kill? Mm-hmm. Because the mission was capture or kill. It entre comillas, which is what my mom likes to say, which basically means. Not really, mm-hmm. in, 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 co- in quotes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, basically, but it's not true. It's, it's kill. Right. Basically, Bin Laden was the mission mm-hmm. all along, was kill Bin Laden. Was that fair? Was that, was that a fair mission? Or should it have been capture or kill? Um, I don't know. I mean, or do you feel like it was capture well, for, or kill? Do you for, disagree for with me? Or Bin for... Laden. For that situation, I mean, it was probably just kill him. You that's know, what like, I'm saying. Yeah. I agree. But yeah. that's what I'm saying with 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 uh, with uh, what's his face, uh, Palpatine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, bro, but is that the right thing to do though? I don't know. That's why is yeah. what is right. <laughs> right, 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 right. Is right. right defending your 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 what? Because because he felt at that moment. The reason why he said he's much more, he's much too powerful to be kept alive. A lot of people misinterpret that line, in my opinion, thinking that he's like he's got too much power, like physical power. I think he meant power in the Senate. I think he meant voting power. Mm. I think he meant influence. He's got too many too many people in his pockets. Mm. He's got too many people that if we, if he stands trial, he already has people paid off that will get him off easy. Mm-hmm. If he stands trial, he already has people in, in the system that are gonna you know swindle his way out of it. Mm-hmm. But if I kill him now, he's fucked. He's dead. Because I'm more powerful than he is, kind of thing. Right. Physically powerful. Right. I don't know if that's how you interpret it, but rewatching it, I was like, that's clearly what he means. He clearly means that, like, no, 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 that's not Wayford. He literally says, I am the Senate right before he faces off with him. Remember that line? Mm-hmm. It's like, I am the Senate. And it's like, that he says it. Like, I'm, I'm all power. I have people in my pockets. I have the bureaucrats. I have the, you know, everyone on the side, on my side kind of thing. So if I, if I stand trial, I'm going to get off easy. Right. I'm, I, I got a good lawyer. I got this 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 thing I got going on. I'm a, I'm a good talker, like kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's why he wanted to kill him. All right, right, right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know where to stand on this. You know, what I mean, like, I I, I mean, you, did you, you advocate for murder, RB three? <laughs> you make a lot of good points here, Ace. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. but I don't know. I, I just had to talk about Mace Windu because to me, he's 
the best part of this movie. Mace is the best part of 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 the the entire trilogy. Almost, I feel like. I think Uh, I think it's Obi Wan, but that's that's. I think Mace is the best part of this movie. Oh yeah, definitely. And um. Oh, Obi Wan kicks ass too, though. I can't lie. Obi Wan kicks ass in this movie. Yeah. Going after General Grievous, he's basically an assassin in this movie. That's another thing too. Like, let's talk about that a little bit. How Obi Wan's mission is to hunt down and kill General Grievous. Mm -hmm. That's literally his mission. They Mm -hmm. say as soon as General Grievous is dead. Uh, and Obi-Wan confirms the kill. Confirms the kill as if he's like some sort of assassin. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, yo, Obi-Wan is like James Bond right now. <laughs> he's freaking Jason Bourne right now. <laughs> out here riding on iguana horses. The kill has been confirmed. So. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. That's kind of what it is because because even May says it. He's like, Obi-Wan just called. He confirmed the kill. Yeah. Uh, Grievous is dead. And I was like, yo, fuck. Like, he's literally, his mission is to hunt down and kill Grievous. And he yeah. does. And he fucks him up. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, props to Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where it's like, Obi-Wan is like a, like a hired assassin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the council. He's their gunman. He's their muscle. Right. Even when they're deciding, like, who should go on this mission? It's like, oh, Anakin. Uh, Anakin sh- Anakin's like, I should go. The Chancellor says, I should, I should go. And then Ki-Adi Mundu, shout out to Ki-Adi Mundu. Um, he's like, no, I think it should be... I think it should be obi-wan yeah obi-wan's our he's our killer he's our guy he can hunt down anyone <laughs> it's like shit <laughs> see is that the right thing to do for the jedi though i mean the jedi are supposed to be the light side right the the, mo- the morally upright but are they the morally upright i mean i don't know are they maybe that's why they keep failing that's, <laughs> that's why, why they, they keep, keep failing that's yeah. why luke wanted to Ooh, luke's oh shout out to last jedi <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Did, 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 is he right is yeah. luke right in the last jedi when he says the jedi maybe aren't necessarily the right force users Mm-hmm. Or the right people to, to, to take the gatekeepers of the force. Right, right, right. Right? right That's right. kind of what he says. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's funny how, how he's like an assassin in this movie. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, what do you think about Revenge of the Sith? Especially as like uh, from the prequels. Comparing it to the rest of the prequels. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably the best. Yeah. Um, but then I still, I don't know, man. It, it, the acting still in this one is a little crazy to me. Like, and the writing yeah, too. Yeah, the writing. Oh. Uh, I, I cringe so hard every time. They're like when when Obi Wan's like, give up now, Anakin. I have the higher ground, and he's standing like two feet <laughs> on top of him. <laughs> Dude, okay, guys, full disclosure. I rewatched Revenge of the Sith last night, and I I love that line, and I love the idea of like, I have the high ground, Anakin. It's no, it's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. Yeah. You underestimate my power, and he just like shakes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anakin's acting in this movie is so bad. It's like, you turned her against me. <laughs> you have done that yourself. Uh-huh. You know what? I have brought peace, liberty, and justice to my new empire. Your new empire, Anakin. My allegiance is to the Republic, to democracy. <laughs> <laughs> I literally memorized this whole movie. That's funny. Now, you- if you're not with me. You're against, see, you're against me. I was just, you know, I was just going to mention that line as like, that's what, that's taken directly from the Dick Cheney thing of like, if there's a 1% chance that uh, there's terrorists out there, we have to get them. Like, we have to kill them. Like, that's that's literally. Batman and, and, and BBS? Well, that's why I said Batman's a Republican. Hello, Dude, people. Did Batman I not is, say? Batman is trash and, and Batman is <laughs> Hot take. That's why that movie doesn't work. Shout out yeah. to Superman, the real hero. Yeah. But, um, uh, but no, that, that's a literally word for word. That's what, that's what. It was, it was Anakin or Obi-Wan. Who said Anakin that? Says, the, 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 the 1% line? No, that's Batman. He no, that. but there's a 1% line in Revenge of the Sith. Is there? Or, or if I there's any chance, it. Or any chance. No, there. he says, it's as if if you're not with me, you're against me. He says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, only a Sith deals in absolutes. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. That's there we what go. Obi-Wan that's, says. See, that's what, and that's what, that's what, 
and that's you know that's again that's that's a testament to again that's the whole art counter argument to the to the to the to the you know to the uh to the warmongering neocon you know uh 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 you know opposition of like there's if there's any one percent chance we get them we have to you know it's like yeah exactly only civs did you know that's Dillian Absolus is what's going to garner us more wars and more, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's the true evil, you know? You can't, you got to think more beyond this Absolus. There's nuances sure. to, to politics. But, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that, that's the commentary. I, I, that's the one piece of political commentary I thoroughly, like, picked up on specifically in that scene. So, yeah. yeah. But, it, but it's, it's interesting, too, to see. Um, obviously, the biggest downplay, in, in, in my opinion, for this movie is, I already told you at the beginning of this conversation for Revenge of the Sith, is Anakin's jump. <laughs> the biggest leap in, in, in character movie history, yeah. where he goes from like, hey man, watch out for them buzz droids, uh, Obi-Wan, mm. to 45 minutes later, I gotta kill some younglings. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There was video of him killing younglings and then he turns from camera <laughs> the dialogue in this movie i love it it's so bad when 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 uh when padme comes back you're breaking my heart yeah, yeah it's like you're going down a path i cannot follow it's like what what no one talks like that yeah it's just and it's crazy. like he yeah. told me you were killing younglings well then wasn't natalie portman supposed to have a bigger part in this movie and then it got cut down I have no idea. This yeah. this is. I just think the dialogue is 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 hysterical I think, in this movie. I think the whole the whole story of Natalie Portman in this thing. I think she was supposed to have a bigger part, and then like Kira, she was bullying Kira Knightley on Phantom Menace and and Attack of the Clones. Oh really? So and George Lucas just got so mad at her and like literally. No wrote way. Her, yeah, cut, cut her or she she might have been kind of fed up with it too. And just my in my opinion too, because we'll, you'll you, I think there's an article talking about how Natalie hated doing yeah. these movies. You can't write. You can you can type this shit, George, but you can't write it. <laughs> hey, 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 that's yeah. is one of the one of the quotes. But yeah, so yeah, she she had a, like a like a negative feeling towards this. And it's funny re rewatching the Phantom Menace behind the scenes. It's hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really, a throwaway line, like it's literally kind of off screen and not even on camera. Mm -hmm. But the but the behind the scenes guy captures it, mm -hmm. where Rick McKellen, the the producer of these uh, of the prequels, literally says to a guy, like just a random conversation in the background, like in the background, he's talking mm -hmm. to him. He's like, "Hey man, are you gonna are you going to I, think, I forget what he says, like Chicago tomorrow or London tomorrow?" And he's like, "No, no, no. I'm actually uh, I'm I'm flying in a, I'm flying to New York real quick uh, to meet up with Natalie." Um, she just she just wants to read the script uh, because we, she hasn't read the script yet, mm -hmm. and she's a little nervous about signing on for three movies before reading the script. Because I mean, that's it's kind of a lot for. And he's yeah. literally talking about how Natalie's nervous to sign on for these uh, movies because uh, 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 uh. she hasn't read the script and she doesn't. She's not really like yeah. she doesn't have a lot of faith. Yeah. And it's so I'm like, yo, <laughs> it all comes back mm -hmm. full circle, man, full circle. Mm -hmm. How like Natalie didn't like doing these movies even before she even shot the first scene. <laughs> right, 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 and even in the auditions with like little Anakins you could see how bitter she is she's mm -hmm. like really mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm acting against these nine year olds who mm -hmm. like never acted before mm -hmm. it's so funny Natalie Portman shout out to Natalie Portman um, anyways it, the jump from Anakin's character for me is like it's too much for me to swallow like I get it saving your wife having the, the potential power to save life is the whole running theme within the, the dark side of the forest and, but the idea of Cutting uh, Mace Windu's hand and then unlimited power, which is another great line from this movie. Um, and then killing Mace Windu. And then he says, what have I done? And then Emperor says, like, oh, you're fulfilling your destiny, young Skywalker. And then literally uh, 10 seconds later, he's like, 
uh, you know, it's like bow before me, and it's like, uh, it's like, yes, my master. And I'm like, two two seconds ago, you just said, what have I done? You just killed the leader of the Jedi, Mace Windu, uh, and, and and now he's like, you must go to the Jedi Temple and exterminate the Jedi. And I was like, huh? <laughs> Wait a minute, <laughs> you literally just went from like. This is crazy. I'm debating this to like, okay, I guess I got to kill thousands of Jedi, including little children. Right. What? <laughs> it's too much of a jump, man. Yeah. I don't know if you feel the same way, but yeah. that's just like, okay, that's a little much. Yeah. I get killing separatists and shit and killing rebels, but like killing all the Jedi, all the Jedi, like what? I mean, maybe Mace Windu because he's like a rebel and he wanted to kill the Emperor. <laughs> But like all the Jedi, <laughs> what did they do? Right, <laughs> that right, to me right. is kind of hard to swallow. Right. Considering it's like this is people he grew up with. Even the little kid recognized him. He's like, Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What do we do? And it's like, what? He's going to murder this little four-year-old? <laughs> right, 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 right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I kind of never really checked into this movie, like if I'm being 100% honest. Like, so I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Like, I, I guess that is a big character jump, but it's also... Uh, like you said, he, he was driven by power, and I guess sure. the dark side leaking into him. He's always they always mention how he's had that little bit of, of darkness to him to begin with. Sure. So, forces on leaning more into that side. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I, I kind of feel like this movie, like I said, it's the best out of the prequel trilogy. I agree, yeah, um, but it's it, my favorite out of the prequel. I, I would still say Phantom Menace is better just on, on, a, on, a, on a production design, on a costume design, on a score. It's just baller in, 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 mm. in Phantom Menace. The, the action is better, in my opinion. Just Jar Jar drags it down, in my mm. opinion. I still think the pod racing scene is kind of cool. Like, I, I think there's... I just think this one is... I, I, I prefer this one. Because mm. I think Obi-Wan as, as, a, as a, a bounty hunter assassin is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think this... I agree. This is probably the better one. But I yeah. still think Phantom Menace might be... I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. But, but at the end of the day... Um, Let's talk about about a little bit more about the themes before we finish up. Um, at the end of the day, he creates the Galactic Empire, and then Natalie Portman has his famous line saying, "You know, this is how uh, freedom dies with thunderous applause." Right? I think she says freedom or liberty. This is how liberty dies with thunderous applause, mm-hmm. um, signifying how um, the emperor builds the empire by des- destroying the opposition and saying how there will never be more opposition ever again, and there's never going to be war ever again because I'm building an empire built around security. He says security, right? He says peace and security because security means more soldiers. Um, it means the shutdown of the clone army and the recruitment of obviously the, the stormtroopers in the empire, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the bigger theme at the end. But also I want to finish up by saying about the force because the force is all about balance. And the reason why the Sith are evil is because they want to take everything off balance, right? There's a scene where... where um, uh, Anakin tells Yoda his visions. Anakin's like, "These are my visions," and Yoda is like, "Let him go because death is a natural part of life, and that's part of the Force. is is like this natural cycle of balance of life and death." And Anakin's like, "Fuck that! I want to save Padme, right?" Mm-hmm. And it's this idea of like taking something that's not natural and taking something off balance is what the Sith want to do. They want to have the most power, the most life, no death, immortality. Uh, uh, save everyone you care about and step everyone step on everyone you hate right so it's it's the the idea of balance in the force which obviously comes into the new trilogy too which is all about Rey and balance and Kylo Ren and Rey kind of in obviously in The Last Jedi but even in The Force Awakens where we see the balance kind of balancing out between good and evil 
life and death, destruction and construction. You know, all these kind of themes coming into play, and that's kind of at the end of the movie, obviously, when it says Sith deal in absolutes, too. Mm-hmm. What do you think of those themes in, in the finale of this movie? Yeah, no, I mean, I think they're pretty big. They're pretty big themes, and it kind of encompasses a lot of the Star Wars thing. The Star Wars themes come to represent as a whole, right? And, of course, they're written after the original trilogy, but all that stuff kind of leads into the original trilogy, too, to a certain extent, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, what... What is good versus what is bad? What is the absolutes and on both sides, and how finding balance is striking somewhere in between, and finding Correct. the good, and, the good and the bad, and the bad and the good. Um, you know, and of course, like you said, the the whole themes of, of you know, and 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 the whole themes of love and stuff that we see through Padme stuff evolves into the overarching themes of family that we see inside of the next trilogy, or I guess. The previous trilogy, release date wise, but the next trilogy, chronologically wise, like how family manifests into more than just, uh, you know, more more than more than being just the the atypical, you know what blood I mean? Related, like, blood related, blood related, blood, ah. blood, blood, blood relationships, <laughs> relative, blood relatives, blood relative, relation. Relati- <laughs> I, I like how blood-lative. Blood-lative. <laughs> We're just combining words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's that's what that's what stands out the most to me is like, yeah, those how those themes kind of carry into the larger kind of scenario. Because I mean, at the end of the day, George Lucas considers this all like poetry, right? Like it's all Correct. supposed to rhyme with each other or whatever. So I, you definitely feel that throughout these prequels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So so ranking the prequels, you would go what? Um, Revenge of the Sith. Then Phantom Menace, and then Attack of the Clones, of course. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, like to be fair, like I, I only really, really consider like Revenge of the Sith like passable. You know what I mean? Like that to me is like uh, probably put like Solo and and Revenge of the Sith like around the same. Like I'm not, I don't like I don't I don't hate no I don't hate Revenge of the Sith though I don't hate it. Like it's not like it's probably like a. I would put if I put a number on it, it's probably like a six, six point five out of ten or something like that. So right. around the same solo, you know. Cool. Uh, but yeah, dope. If I'm being honest, guys, I I love the prequels. Again, I I, I can't. It's I mean, hard for me to take off the yeah. nostalgia goggles. So for me, I, I grew up with these things. For me, the reason why I love Revenge of the Sith the most is because of Obi Wan Kenobi, and this is where I really started to fall in love with the character even a little bit more uh, than the previous prequels because I really saw how he was. Uh, 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 talking about nuance and talking about um, to me he's the most nuanced character to me he's the most like he, he has he pushed backs against the council he pushes back against Anakin but he's also on Anakin's side he also shows compassion but he also shows anger he shows um, the ability to, to, to hunt down and kill but at the same time the ability to, to, to show compassion for Padme and, and you know watch over her children right with, with luke watching over luke to me he's the most nuanced and the most fluid character within the, the the prequel trilogy but to me he shows the most in this movie of being a military general badass but at the same time genuinely a good guy who wants to do the right thing right and he, mm-hmm. he values life and he values people mm-hmm. but at the same time he still has a mission he's still kind of a soldier in this at the end of the day right mm-hmm. but he's still a mentor i don't know I, I to me revenge of the sith brings up brings up a really cool obi-wan which is why I want to see this Obi-Wan Kenobi, Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi, continue in an Obi-Wan spinoff movie. Because I feel like 
what we got at Revenge of the Sith was just, just it, it, it led up so well between Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and then Revenge of the Sith with the building of Obi-Wan's character. Um, that's why I love Revenge of the Sith the most out of these prequels, but I, I honestly enjoy the prequels quite a bit. I, I like them. There's a lot of negative with them, but there's a lot of positive. There's also negative with Last Jedi, and there's some positive with Last Jedi. I feel like it, it's difficult to follow up stuff like The Empire Strikes Back and even Return of the Jedi, which to me is classic. Um, or even New Hope, which is, is another classic. It's just hard to follow up those original tri- uh, original trilogy. And Lucas tries his best and, and fails a lot with the humor, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I, I enjoy the prequels for what they are, um, if that makes any sense. But yeah, I would also go Revenge of the Sith, uh, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, just because of the love story in Attack of the Clones, because it's really bad. Yeah. And then I would probably go Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. So nice. Uh, for for me, the original trilogy, uh, probably Empire Strikes Back, and then A New Hope, and then Return of the Jedi. Not shooting on Return of the Jedi. I actually really like that movie a lot. Yeah. To it, me, it's like ten. Ten. It's like ten. If I would do a ten, and I'm not giving Empire Strikes Back a ten, but it'll probably be close to a ten for me. Sure. Some of my favorite movies. Uh, probably if I was, but if I was, if that was like the ten status of Star Wars, it'd be like ten, nine point five, like eight point five, and then probably put like Force Awakens like right under. Like, where would you rank all the stars? That's a, that's see, dude. Honestly, I literally talked about this last night yeah. with with a with a buddy of mine. It's so hard for me to rank all the Star Wars movies, and everyone's doing it, and it's like all the rage right now, and it's like rank the Star Wars. It's so hard for me because I just literally explained it. Mm-hmm. I can rank the trilogies because I I feel comfortable. Uh, for what they are, because I, I I realize what the prequels are. I realize that they are not good, not perfect movies. But but I realize that I try to take their intention more than anything else, which is probably a negative on my part because that's not what a critic should do. Um, so I can rank it based on me, and I can rank it based on quality. Okay. Well, so so. Uh, would you rank it based on you? On on me, I would rank. See, but it's hard. Uh, Return of the Jedi, I would probably put as my favorite ever Star Wars movie. Uh, probably Empire Strikes Back following that. Um, probably uh, Revenge of the Sith, uh, Phantom Menace. Uh, so you don't like this a is New me. Hope? This is, this is me. I love A New Hope. Are you kidding me? But I then love you, A New Hope. You're putting it over the prequels. Again, the this, prequels? Is, this is my nostalgia. Right, 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 you want me to ahead, take my ahead, nostalgia go goggles no, no, off? No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. I'll go ahead. take them off. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, a New Hope, uh, Last Jedi, Force Awakens. Oh, just the trilogies, right? Because I'm, I'm not I mean, counting. It's up to you, yeah. Yeah, just the trilogies because I won't count the spinoffs. Uh, Last Jedi, uh, New Hope. I'm, I'm sorry, Last Jedi. I already put A New Hope above a Last Jedi. Um, then I would put Last Jedi. Then I would put Force Awakens. Uh... That's the last one, right? And then, and then, Attack of the Clones. Okay. At, at my last. I mean, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Through my nostalgia goggles, through my quality goggles, I would say Return of the Jedi or or Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, A New Hope. Um, then I would put Last Jedi, Force Awakens, Revenge of the Sith, uh, Phantom well, Menace, so you Attack the, of the Clones. On both of these, you rank the Last Jedi higher than Force Awakens. Yes. Okay. I like Last Jedi better than Force Awakens. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 Because because I feel like. I feel like the good of the see this is this is all subjective guys but I really feel like the good of the last Jedi is better than the good of uh the Force Awakens. But is the bad of the, the bad last of the Jedi last Jedi, Jedi is is better than the average of the Force Awakens. 
Really? The bad of the Last Jedi isn't is isn't balances out with the average of the Force Awakens, in my opinion. Because the Force Awakens is so introductory. It's so introductory to my in my opinion. It's it's so like linear, linear, flat, 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 flat. That for me, at least the Last Jedi showed us Kylo Ren going ham. At least the Last Jedi showed us a bitter Skywalker and and a Rey who 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 wants to delve into a little bit more, versus a guy to mask who kills his father Han Solo, who we find out at the very end, and and a stormtrooper who rebelled. Alright, I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, if I were to rank them, I, I probably have just one ranking for all of them. Okay. Uh, so I'd probably put like, yeah, of course, Empire. I'm gonna include the spinoffs in here just because I, I don't know. Uh, I just thought about it, I guess. Uh, when I thought about it, but like I, I feel like I could include that without like you know being fair to them at least. Like, so I put Revenge of the Sith. I'm sorry, Revenge of the Sith. Jesus. Um, not that. I'm sorry. Um, Empire number one, um, New Hope number two, and then Return of the Jedi number three. Um, I put Force Awakens number four because I still really like that movie a lot. Okay. Um, I like Force Awakens. I put it at like my number five, so don't, five. don't trash. I put I put Last Jazz my number five. Uh, okay. Rogue One number six, uh, and then probably Solo. And then Revenge of the seven. Sith. See, Solo and Revenge of the Sith got almost like flip flop. Okay. So I mean, I put Solo there for now, but if you ask me every day, I could put Revenge of the Sith like right there too, um, and then Phantom Menace, and then. Attack of Clones. Got it. So cool. Yeah. yeah. Again, guys, it's it's difficult for me to rank them because I feel like it's it's different when it comes to Star Wars movies for me. Because when it comes to any other movies, even Marvel movies, I can rank Marvel movies. I can do it like in, I don't care. Like I just like whatever. These are my favorites. But when it comes to Star Wars, it's hard because I just have so many deep nostalgic memories with each mm-hmm. one of them and how they make me feel and how certain scenes make me feel and it's all this stuff. So like the like the the, the Phantom Menace fight is like better than almost an entire movie for me. Right, right, <laughs> you right, see what I'm right, saying? Like right. that to me within itself if i just watch the phantom menace and 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 just re-watching that fight scene i can enjoy that more than like rogue one <laughs> and it's like that's just me personally um uh, but at the same time if i take them off i would have to rank them based on quality then it would be different but i love every single star wars movie for one reason or another and that's hard to say from the other franchise and i know you probably don't but i do i even the attack of the clones which a lot of people feel it's a pretty bad movie i love the movie for different reasons but again guys these are our, my opinions <laughs> it, don't worry if it doesn't match up with yours because people start to worry and get mad and get upset and they have to type mm-hmm. but it's it's not for anything for you guys to worry about so anyways guys that concludes our conversation on star wars uh we've talked enough about the new trilogy plus i feel like the new trilogy is stuff that we can do in reviews so plus we got into it a little bit with the new trilogy i feel yeah, I think we when got it comes adequately to, I, I like the new trilogy i just feel like if it has to finish strong because if it doesn't it's kind of weak yeah. um because otherwise i i didn't like a lot of what happened in the last jedi but i liked a lot of the main story in the last jedi if that makes sense everything with ray and kylo ren i liked um everything else i kind of didn't like which is a lot of the movie but whatever um so if jj abrams takes that and runs with it and makes something interesting then sure but if not uh it's okay it's okay i don't know if you agree or not but i think they'll be okay yeah i mean i don't know yeah hopefully jj doesn't fuck it up yeah so. hopefully not yeah. I, I really feel like there's this weird fandom conversation about jj saving star wars which is the stupidest thing i've ever heard because if if he really does undo some some of the main themes that we got with ray and kylo ren i think it'd be super dumb that's just my opinion guys but that that to me would undercut 
not just The Last Jedi, but the whole franchise as a whole. So we'll see what JJ does, but those are our thoughts on the Star Wars franchise and how I am very much a Star Wars fanatic who will always love the movies and who will appreciate each and every one of them for what they are. I do want a little bit different in what they're doing, but hopefully we'll get that with the future movies. Fingers crossed. Um, any last thoughts from you, RB3? No, I think that just about does it. All right. Um, leave us in the comments down below. What is your ranking? What is your favorite? Uh, what is your favorite character of Star Wars? What do you think of the conversation? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let us know in the comments down below and be polite. Be nice because we like nice people and we will read your comments next week. I promise we will read your comments next week, guys. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, from the Meaning Enough podcast, I'm Ace. This is RB3. And we are peacing out, guys. Peace out.